During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. We're live. Oh. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Kevin Smith's View Ask Universe in Review Universe. I am Tim Geddes, joined by the birthday boy, Kevin Big Dog Coelho. Oh, happy Andy. birthday, Kevin! Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. I got you a present. It's Saint underneath Corte. my shirt. Show him the present. Show him the. Oh, yes. 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 Kevin. Jesus. I was Me thinking too. there was a chance that you had written something on your chest. <laughs> no, I did that much pre-pro. Oh, man, we got Greg Miller. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Greg Miller. Not my birthday, but I'm here. Like I was saying, we have Andy in sync, Cortez. What's up? We also have Nick Scarpino. Nick, how you feeling? I also haven't showered today, Tim. So it's good to see you. Yeah, dude. Hey. The hair's <laughs> yeah. getting big. Dude, mine is... See, yours gets big and it has fullness. Mine gets big and it looks like a comb over. Like no, a Homer Simpson comb over. You look good. It's terrible. No, I hate it. I want to so shave crazy. my head. Tim, Kevin, let me shave my head up. for he your looks- birthday. You want to shave? You look my pretty, head? Nate. I want to shave my head for your birthday. No, your wife would get mad at me. I won't okay She'd be that. Pissed. I know she hates yeah. it. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is our show in review, where every week we review and rank a movie in a franchise. Uh, we do two a week. Right now, we are done with Transformers. You can watch all the Transformers Yay. reviews. Yay! On YouTube.com/slash kind of funny. Uh, we are finishing up the kevin smith viewers universe and today in the next couple tuesdays and then on friday starting this friday lord of the rings in review elise williams will be joining us for that andy how stoked are you i mean i've already watched it i'm planning another rewatch pretty soon wow are you really the first one is Mm -hmm. only four hours and something long so they just fly by it's like three hours and 30 minutes, but Unlike when the writing is as exquisite as it is, the acting is phenomenal, the action. When it's the perfect movie, it could be 10 hours. It doesn't matter, Kevin, you know? It does. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Lord of the Rings on Friday. Today, we are talking about Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Thanks to you, the Patreon supporters, Muhammad Muhammad, Cameron Rankin, Steve Powers, Lee Polero, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Karen O'Donnell, Drew Garnier, Al Tribesman, thank all of you. Uh, you can get the show ad free by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, you can also get the show for free later on youtube.com slash kind of funny, uh, roosterd.com, where you can listen to it. Just search for kind of funny reviews on your favorite podcast service. Jalen Silent Bob, strike back. Did you guys you sure know? do? What's that, Greg? I appreciate that? that you didn't call me out. I, I went to the and I saw Nick was, Nick was already on it. Nick was already on it. <laughs> uh, was originally, back. <laughs> this film was originally titled View Askew 5 
And then everyone was like, Kevin, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> and uh, they probably made a good call there. Uh, it was released on August 24th, 2001. Once again, directed by Kevin Smith. Uh, the film was a minor commercial success, grossing $33.8 million against a $22 million budget. The most expensive USQ movie so far. Wow, $22 um, million dollars they spent on this, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of famous friends. Let's get them in. Yeah. Let's just get, a, them, get them in this movie. And uh, the runtime is one hour and 44 minutes. What would you guys think, Andy? Did any of you accidentally watch the extended version, or did you all watch Shut the up. normal DVD Is there an extended version? Of course there is, ladies and gentlemen. Please. You didn't know this? If you watched a version where they get on the bus and get yelled at because they are hogging up the bathroom, that's the extended version. No, I didn't, oh, no, I didn't watch that. that. I'll find it. You're all good. good. You're all good. I just I rented, I rented on Amazon Prime. Did it make Smart. it a radically different movie? No, it's not nothing like Mallrats. We would have okay. been fine. We would have been fine even if you watched that version. It would have been all right. What did we all think, everybody, is what Tim just asked. Um, this still remains. This is a weird one for me to always go back and watch because this is the – End of like this. So this comes out. Yeah. As you said, what's the date again? I think we got lost there. August 24th, 2001. Man, you want to talk about like uh, the end of my adolescence, right? Of August, 2001. Uh, I, you know, moved to Mizzou. I was super excited for this movie. Of course, this is the one that like, it's a complete joke, but my photo is in, in the background. Like I'm really in, my photo is really in it, but you would never know unless you could go back and see the actual uh, original uh, footage of it or the actual photo of it. But I can't even find that right now. I was Googling around for it before this. And of course it's all lost to the archives. Um, Give some context to that. Sure. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought this is a well-known Greg story. So, uh, as you all know, as and this is uh, probably shown you throughout this in review of the View Skewerverse, uh, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, and so you're talking about me being that uh, a kid. Uh, growing up teen, growing up, watching all these movies, obsessing about all these movies, watching them over and over and over again, right? Um, I was also a big frequenter of uh, viewskew.com and the message boards there. And this is back when message boards were the big way to communicate with people. And Kevin and Scott and all of them were actually really active on the message boards. And so in the run-up to uh, Jane on the Bob Strike Back, Kevin put up a post that was like, hey, we're doing this movie for Jane on the Bob. I don't know if it had a title yet. We're doing this movie and it's a road trip movie. Like it's a, it's a trip across the country for them. So we need like wanted posters and missing kid posters and all this shit. So if you submit your photos, we're holding a contest to see if your photo would be like on a wanted poster or a missing kids poster. And so I sent in one of my alt senior year photos, which was me doing the Rob Van Dam, like whole fucking show thing in a suit and Superman tie. And it one is one of the ones that got picked. And so like eventually on the message board, they put them up and they did a whole thing of like, let's every identify yourself so we could do it. And they had like two big cork boards that had all the photos laid out on them for it was both missing, missing people. And then like, I think it might've been sex offenders. I was on the missing posters. Uh, and it was like, when the movie comes out, watch for it. And I went into this fucking theater, like, I cannot wait to see myself in this fucking movie. And I remember like constantly peeling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's when, uh, after Will Ferrell's introduced as a uh, Marshall Will and Holly, uh, he go, he, he, they get the tape delivered from the clit. They go to watch the clit. And when they cut back to, uh, Will Ferrell and the police thing, the cork board is behind him all the way up. And all you can see is, like the cut, like the bottom of my chest down. So yeah. you just see like the, uh, white, the white and the, and the fucking thing. And it's like, <laughs> the money it, became, 
it was like one of those things when I went to Mizzou during icebreakers, I would tell people I won this contest and I was going to be in this movie. And then when they would ask about it later, it was just this like fucking running gag of like, it's there. And if you do not know what that specific senior photo looks like, you would be like, you what? got Mike Wazowski. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> but it, was, it was, you know, still a huge fucking moment for me just to be acknowledged on the message boards right of it. Um, anyways, though, back to this thing. It is, and I think, Tim, I'm sure you'll get into this in a second. Remember that Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is designed to be the end of the view Skewverse. This is designed to be the end of Jane Silent Bob. The argument here was, and do you have all this information? Do you want to read about it? Uh, I mean, if you have, I have a lot of that, but it, it, there's not, not much more than what you're saying. I mean, like, then the movie ends with God closing the book. <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. But no, the idea behind the scenes, right, was that, and Kevin, I'm going to need maybe a little bit of fact checking on this because it's been a while. But the idea here, right, was that, Kevin was like, I'm not going to help keep doing this. You're going to kill yourself, Muse. Like you're, you're, you're a drug addict and you're this, all this shit's going on. And it, you, I can't keep writing these things for you and supporting you if you're going to keep fucking your, your life up this way. And so yeah, he's like, so, I'm going to. Well, well, with that, I guess, the honest podcast, Jay and Silent Bob get old. Kevin Smith explained at length about how much of a headache the film was to make, mostly owing to Jason Muse's drug and alcohol abuse, turning him into a ticking time bomb, which threatened to shut the project down at any moment. During pre production, Muse would have constant mood swings due to heroin withdrawal, uh, to the point that Smith actually threw him out of his car on the way to the set one day. Muse would compensate for his lack of drugs by drinking heavily after every day of shooting and nearly got into a fist fight with Scott uh, when he had to come back one night for a reshoot while drunk. When the shoot was wrapped, Smith told Muse point blank to get sober or he would never speak to him again. Yeah. And so that was the idea of this being the end sh- shot of this is that, you know, he knew that James and Bob were basically funding his and funneling all the stuff that he was stopping this until Muse could get clean because he thought it would work for him. And, you know, there's a whole like I've read a bunch of Kevin Smith books and stuff like Son of Bob Speaks and all this stuff that go through like the, you know, horrible stuff of him trying to help muse through all the shit and his ex-girlfriend and what that codependent relationship was like and there's a whole bunch more than i would ever want to try to even right now off the hip try to recap and in review but to be point to get back to what i'm trying to drive at you figure i've grown up i would say you know because your high school years are so formative right like junior high into high school idolizing kevin smith going watching these movies over and over again buying all the merch doing all the things i could do being on the message boards and then have jane silent bob be the end of it like you're told that's going to be the end of it and this is where it's all going to crescendo and go let alone to have it be the end of it literally as i'm ending my time living at home being 18 and moving to mizzou to start your adult life as air quotes and then to have literally september 11th roll around and change the fucking entire world like you know what i mean there's so much tied up in this movie and it's so interesting to me that all that said, it's still, especially in the list where I'll, yeah, I'm going to vote it last because for me, it's the one with the least heart. I feel like it's the one where Kevin Smith, yeah, every, every one of these movies, obviously we talk about is Kev, you know, letting his character speak for him and do all these different things. Right. And I think it's, Kev missing the point on why we love his movies in a lot of ways. And because I, I remember leading up to it, there was this whole discussion of could Jane and Bob actually carry their own movie? They were always like the side characters, right? They were always uh, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Like, what would it be like to put them into this and make them be the thing? And somewhere along the lines, you know, <clears throat> I think Kev started treating them and thinking of them more as cartoon characters because the little bits they had done. And he talked about how he, Kevin Smith is just good at writing Dick and fart jokes and all these things like that. And to get here and have this movie be Dick and fart jokes and have it be, you know, when Ben Affleck's like, uh, 
you know, James on the Bob, who would want to watch that movie? You know, and like, you know, I see this guy wants more. He's talking to Kevin Smith, but he's talking to Silent Bob, right? Of like, you know, uh, why, or no, he's actually on himself about Blunt Man and Chronic, where he's like, why would I want to keep writing the same characters over and over again? There's, you know, just pot, drugs and yada, 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 yada. I think it's this interesting middle ground where Kevin Smith wants to do more serious subject matter or more serious films, but also in the same breath is backhanding his own creations and, and dumbing them down to a way I don't think they really were before. If that makes sense, yeah, that's what makes sense. The movie it's doesn't. Interesting, you say all that because, like, I I feel like for me coming into this, like, this is my number one, and I feel like it's because like this is the first time I'm seeing in the last couple of weeks a movie of his that I'm like, oh, this hits on every level that they were intending, and it's like I'm not saying it's great, but it's like I feel that his level of jokes is fart jokes and dick jokes, and he he does those well enough <laughs> See, and consistently. I'm I'm more with Greg on this one because I feel like this was the first movie he'd written in in since we've started that has nothing to say like literally nothing to say and like this movie is what's that i feel like you say that every week no i no, mean Doc week Moses was a crazy commentary on catholicism clerks was a it was about being lost and chasing amy was about like i mean that was pretty yeah relationships growing up and dealing with people who are different than you this movie we come in and it's just just one long dick joke um and it's i mean don't get me wrong there's there's i think it's super it's silly and it's it's very cartoonish. And, and not, I, not, to be clear, yeah, I don't like hate it has this to be, movie. I'm not saying yeah, that. No, not to say that it necessarily has to be um, about something. But I think Kevin Smith is better when he is nuanced and is writing something that's that's close to his heart. And I think this one was was done just to have fun. And it, I think there are moments of it that are fun. And I think there are moments of it that it gets really tired. And I think a lot of the humor, unfortunately for me, the thing that that draws me out of this is that it becomes the same like. It starts with some humor that's different, and then toward the latter half of probably the last like fifty minutes of this movie, it's just one long gay joke. And for me, that started to wear on me, where I was like, "This, it's so weird to me that they default to this base humor every single time with these two characters, especially coming from the person that wrote Chasing Amy." Like that mm-hmm. has always been something that I don't, I don't ever think I ever could put my my finger on until I watched it this time, until we analyzed Chasing Amy. That I'm like. It's so odd that these two characters were always sort of the counterbalance to the other characters who were going through the moral dilemmas. And they were always the ones that are like, oh, we're going to be the crazy kind of wild side of, of the author. But when you're just seeing those people and there's nothing to balance them out, it starts to get to a point where I'm like, huh, there is a lot of dick sucking jokes in this. And some of them for me hit and some of them I was just like, I really wish they'd move away from, from this humor. And I was telling you guys before we started, like, I don't know what it was about the early two thousands where this level of humor was totally like the thing, but I was watching another movie called the way of the gun. And it starts off with just a tremendous amount of like uh, uh, homophobic jokes. And I'm just like, ah, I can't, I can't, that's too much for me. I think we've grown beyond, beyond this as a civilization. So it's hard to go back and watch those jokes and not feel some level of like cringeworthiness when especially when they get to like the only there's like one character in this whole movie that says maybe we shouldn't be making these jokes and it's like jason biggs who is the pie fucker and he's like why are you so homophobic to to vanderbeek and it's like i I, if that were the point of the movie i think that would have been cool but it's not it just kind of falls by the by the wayside and everything's a dick joke we saw that in chasing amy like they we've already been over this thread before uh but in chasing uh, amy that was the point of it and in yeah, this no, exactly. like oh we're back we're just back to this yeah they just up. they sort of defaulted back to it i was um I, I, i'm i understand tim feeling on this cuz i you know they seeing everything come together it's sort of like when you watch the avengers right it's it's that whole thing where you 
we're getting all these different elements from all the past movies and it sort of makes you enjoy those elements of it more. But by the end of it, like, I think there were some good gags. I think, you know, for the most part, the humor did get tired and I got really, really just worn out with the, not only the, the dick sucking jokes, but also the, um, the, the not so subtle nods. Like it was funny. It was was funny the first five times and then they kept on fucking doing it. I was like, okay, we get it. Like, Chasing Amy, that would never be a good movie. Like, again, dude, really? We're really doing this. But uh, it just felt like I was watching Dude Wars My Car. Like, it was a... Hey, 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 hey. There, there was a... <laughs> <laughs> I will not stand for a harsh criticism of Dude Wars My Car in this house. You understand me, Addy? Andy? Yeah, but, like, after watching Attic. the past, after Attic. watching the past, uh, uh, you know, two or three movies that, again, the the messages, the, the nice uh, messages were there with writing that actually felt like... Um, yeah, more heart. caring and, yeah. I, and yeah, more, you know, yeah, there was more heart into it. This one just felt like a money grab even and it knew it was a money grab. You know, See, here's the thing is I, I, I think the context of where we were in Kevin Smith's life is what's so important about it is that I don't look at it as a money grab as much as it, if it was us being told, hey, guys, we're doing one final kind of funny live or one final. Po- and it, and it would be like. Fuck, we had all these ideas for everything else we wanted to do. Let's put them all in this. We have so many friends and so many cameos and so many things. Let's get everybody back to See. play every one of their characters to then also introduce Will Ferrell and have Chris Rock be this new thing and have Jamie Kennedy there for like it's like literally Kevin Smith's like, this is the final time I get to do this thing I love. Let's try it's to fill so big. Yeah. I, I totally get that. And and I wish that's what the movie was about. And and I don't want to, there's no future spoilers here, but yeah. when and if we see these characters again, he managed to find some, the, a heart in the totally. story. He had something to say. It was about, you know, how lives have progressed. And I wish that this had been about like, there had been more conflict between, I mean, granted, I'm asking for these two knucklehead cartoons, like one dimensional characters to have context and like depth. But I wish it had been about that, where those two are going to separate after this. It's just, um, I feel like this one did have something to say. And like, I actually thought it was pretty crazy that in 2001, they're having the same issues we're having now, of just like internet commenters and all that of like people trying to control art and trying to, you know, change how people are making things to be how they want it as consumers watching it. And I think that like overall, that was as deep of a premise as pretty much anything we've seen with the exception of probably dogma uh, with all the Catholic stuff. But like looking at all the other movies, it's like, sure. Chasing Amy was about that. The way they went about it personally, I just feel like they didn't nail it. And it's like that to me is this, the dude wears my car thing is perfect. I think this succeeded at being a dude wears my car movie in a way that the other movies were trying to be deeper and, and, did not succeed. I just feel like I, you I guys just, are using wrote, "dude wears my car" as a pejorative, and I don't like this. I don't <laughs> no, like I mean, this. It, it is what it is. It's a I, I guess, comedy. As a quick, he, time, oh sorry. I, this just reminds me of like what Holden didn't want to do. Like Holden didn't want to keep doing these things. Holden was like, "I don't want to do uh, dick and fart jokes anymore." Right. And this was exactly. the product of that. Like it felt like Holden actually went through with it and made the movie. Or, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, kind of a step point. backward for 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 Kevin yeah. Smith. And to, but to to your point, Tim, that is true. Like I think I think a lot of that commentary did come through, and it's really it's actually interesting to see, especially through these dipshits who don't understand the global ramifications of the internet. And so they, I think the best part what of the, the movie the is is the end 
where it's all I forget the song that plays it, but it's like, oh, you how many people want to kick some ass, right? And they just actually get to go and beat the shit. And they have that big, thick, like DOS printout, yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. you know, but, the old school, like 80s printout of all the people, and they get to go kick the shit out of them. But so I, feel I like, agree, I, I agree with that. That's that's a fun thing that they play around with. I think that's a lot the like, fun thing, but like that's what makes the movie not have substance. That at the end, they go and they, do they this. don't learn anything, they yeah. don't learn, yeah, they don't learn anything, and they go and do like. They go and just attack these people, and it's like that's where it pushes the world. Well, I mean, like the whole movie's fantasy, but like you know, it pushes it from trying to tell a, a an in, story, a, yeah. not a grounded story, but like to having a message <laughs> to like just yeah totally being like, all right, I guess if you get money, you can go and fight all the people that are talking shit about you, even though the message should have been it doesn't matter, you know, right. like, that's not you. That they're making yeah, the fun, fun thing of. about that is uh, a fact here. The name of one of Jay and Silent Bob's online critics, Magnolia fan, was inspired by a feud on the View Askew website's message board. After Kevin Smith posted a strongly negative review of Magnolia in 1999, fans of Paul Tom- Thomas Anderson swarmed the board and criticized Smith. So he's like, fucking, I'm making him a character. He was terrible. You see it, Nick. Call it. No, that's the thing is, I do think it, the movie succeeds as being a. Dude, where's my car? I'm sorry, nigga. Dude's where was my car? Here's a bunch of stoners doing some stupid <laughs> shit, right? But I, I just don't think it succeeds as a Kevin Smith or View Askew film that way. Because I think yeah. also that, like, we're back to where we we're like talking in, not applauding by any means, but like, you know, every time it's come up before where it's like holding an Alyssa at the bar and talking about Julie Dwyer and talking about Caitlin Bree and like those nods to the universe being interconnected. You're like, yeah. And then like I remember when they you know kevin talked about this being a movie that was going to unite all the the people in the unit it was like oh my god yeah. yeah but then to get here like it just the movie feels like like in terms of like a plot recap here i feel like it's gonna be one of the easier ones because it's literally like here's a scene that's inserted here and here's a scene that's inserted here and here's a right. scene that's inserted here and it's like outside of like yes they're going from point a to point b because they're being motivated by the movie it doesn't feel natural like it doesn't feel like these are the these are the natural foregone conclusions as they get into the fucking george carlin and then it's carrie fisher and then it's like all right cool okay yeah and that and that was something that's interesting because you watch those amazing cameos that they have with these people and it almost doesn't work like it's it kind of sticks out where you're like oh it's cool they got mark hamill but how is that relevant to i mean i guess it's relevant to the, the view of skewerverse because the dna of it has a lot to do with loving star wars and loving these characters in fact, um, and I think too. And I'm sorry, and I and I, I'm ju- jumping off the Mark Hamill thing too. I think this is correct, but I could be again speaking on my ass. Remember, I think that they do the whole thing. Hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill applause thing because in right. screeners people didn't understand it was Mark Hamill. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's like it, it, talking. Yes, the That's, whole movie's fantasy and all this stuff. It's just like, what am I watching? Like, I get it's Kevin yeah. Smith saying goodbye, and it's probably why like you know, James on the Bob's groovy movie to whatever the fuck that thing cartoon is makes more sense and works that way. And like clerk's animated series is brilliant. Obviously all, all these different things, but like trying to bring that here and shove it all together. just, I don't think it works. <laughs> I saw I this want. movie and I saw this movie in theaters and like, I don't know. I would like to go back and just watch myself, watch it. Yeah. Just it could, because again, this was the movie that I saw with my friends and their older brothers, the ones that were really into clerks and stuff. And I was like, sure, I'll go watch this movie with you guys. Like, I can't imagine how clueless I was throughout well, this because I don't like, know you shit remember, about what's like, happening. Did you like it back then or were you just confused? No, I thought it was awful. Oh, it was really? Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. I, 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 a fun one for you. Just to, you're talking about like, wishing you could go back and watch yourself watch this movie. What I'd like to picture you to go back and watch is that, again, my photo's in this somewhere, right? My mom and dad went and watched this in theaters mm-hmm. without me in yeah. Chicago in the suburbs with what it must have been one of their final dates before they officially like split up. 
But it was like, you oh, Gregory's really pushing over the edge. It. Probably is. And like <laughs> the only feedback I ever got back, because you know, you know, every knows big old Jamie Kennedy, number one crane operator, Greg Miller. They're not squares or anything. But the only thing my mom ever said about it was like, after when we were driving home, I said, this must be, must be their generation's Cheech and Chong. Because <laughs> it was right. like an yeah, hour and 40 minutes. And they're like, what the fuck yeah, is happening? That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Uh, uh, wait, really some facts quick. Before we get into the the plot Tim. here on the bonus DVD, what's up? Uh, I was just gonna say, like, it's it's just a little bit more backstory on on me in this movie. I think this is the first Kevin Smith movie I watched, and the first time I watched it, I was like, oh my god, ten out of ten. But I ha- I believe what happened is I w- I watched the movie Orange County, and I was like, oh, this is terrible, and somehow watched this movie immediately after, and was like. Sure. One of the so best movies ever made. Yeah. Man, yeah. I had such high hopes for Orange County, Kev. Like, it, I was, I, it was I so such, mis- misplaced. I was so excited for like the new Jack Black flick, and it was yep. just not what I wanted. It was man. terrible. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, um, everyone has everyone has a dark time. Jack Black had to go through his uh, Saving Silverman and... Shut up, shut up, shut up, You sound really dumb right now. All right, whoa, The Shallow Howls, the Saving Silvermans. He went through a dark time. Shallow Howls great, too. Uh, the nacho. Did you watch Nacho Libre? No. no. There you go. That, that's okay. where it happens. All right. All right. I will tell okay. you one time. A, what about a, what about a, the one where he a, did with Michael Sarah where they're cavemen and you're like this. this that was really bad. Really bad. Five I will in. say though that a Tinder date one time came over to my place and brought a Nacho Libre on Blu-ray. <laughs> There's one part of the movie the where date he's ended like, really shortly, guys. <laughs> my, uh, my, uh, my wife and I laugh every once in a while because the only line I remember from that movie is like sometimes people have to wear estrechi pants. And we say that to each other. I all feel the time. like Matt Scarpino loves Nacho Libre. Right? <laughs> Matt Scarpino is Nacho Libre. <laughs> he lives it. He fucking oh, lives man. it. <laughs> so some facts before the plot here. Smith explains in the on-camera intros the deleted scenes that several scenes had to be cut from the theatrical release due to the film initially receiving an NC-17 rating. He also mentions in the audio commentary that it took three submissions to be able to get it to R. Um, and he was also saying that he, like, he made this film. He set out to make this film to not have controversy after Dogma and all the shit he had to deal with it. And that ended up not working because of all the gay stuff. And it's like, Kevin, what the fuck were you thinking? Well, yeah. it's interesting because, like, again, we we talk about this a lot. And it's not excusing the past and it's not making, you know, excuses for it at all. But in the in the 90s, that level of humor was what society deemed was acceptable and it and and as society progresses you start looking back and being like oh wow that really is kind of like that is insensitive there's ways to make jokes about people that are smarter than that and these are just these are just base like you can tell he was i don't really know what these characters are about they're one dimensional and jay is just all about the the dick the, the dick sucking jokes and it just back then even i don't i don't remember having a criticism of it back then because i think i was still sort of in that mindset of like, hey, this this humor is fine. But I do remember walking out of that theater being like, it's not a very good movie. In fact, the only thing I remember about it, having watched in the theaters, is that end song where I was like, oh, that's an interesting song. More Stay at a Time? No, no. It was, the, it was it, the credit song where it's, uh, I was going to clean my room. Like, oh, after I, got yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Huh. What a classic. Interesting so song. I, and that's the one thing that we I haven't been giving proper shout outs and rankings of. We should have done a podcast within a podcast soundtrack. for soundtracks. And this soundtrack fucking slaps. I owned all of them up until here. 
through through here. I just didn't buy it for Stewart. Clearly, you haven't gone back and watched the Transformers, the animated movie, because you would be singing a different fucking tune, my friend. No, I don't know why you thought. I don't know why you thought that I would. I would be ranking. I was saying in review ranking of every <laughs> soundtrack <laughs> ever. Also, I've owned all in review soundtracks till right now. That's what you think I just said. Get it. Get it. <laughs> Get the word Ant-Man and the Wasp soundtrack. It was a great The word purchase. fuck is used 248 times. That's yeah. a fun one. And with that, let's start the plot. Get into it, Greg. Just oh, you don't want to do anything? You don't, <laughs> your song? you don't have a song from <laughs> you or anything? Uh, so we start, of course, outside of the quick stop. Way back in the day, uh, Silent Bob is a little baby. He's rolled up in front of RST video. Popped down. It's not RST video yet. Um, Who's the baby? Uh, uh, Kevin Smith uh, is it Harley? It's Harley, right? It no, Harley, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's all the fact that Harley is a, a full grown adult now, it, it kind of blows my mind to try to wrap that because I know why well, that's future spoilers. I won't talk about that. Um, yes, so baby sound the Bob's parked outside. Uh, his mom goes into the quick stop or whatever. Then, uh, baby Jay is parked outside by his mom. Uh, the guy leaves who's uh, what's his name? Uh, Koei from uh, Chasing Amy, right? The guy who gave the terrible, out of place, completely weird synopsis of Finger Cuffs' his nickname outside of the quick stop. He, a uh, 70s version of him or whatever, walks out. He's like, Can't leave you fucking baby out here. And she's like, Fuck you. Fuck, 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 fuck. She's just fucking a million times to him. And then he keeps on trucking and walks off. And then she goes inside telling him, You know, talking parent, blah, blah, blah. And this is when baby. Baby J stands up and starts the rap. And just his first word is fuck, and then into the fuck, and then fuck, 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 motherfucker. Hey, what, hey what? Miller, did or uh, Nick? Did people insult people that way? Or like you know when he walks up, it's like yeah, keep on trucking. Was that no comment? Okay. No, I mean I don't, I don't, I don't remember that from my youth. No, I cannot okay. comment on that. I have. But what about when you were an adult in 1979? I'm gonna tell Greg keep on trucking if he starts talking shit again about fucking people <laughs> in my car. First off, I didn't start it, and then you were the man. one who fucking came out swinging on two other movies we loved, all right? Andy, I just want you, Andy, let's play a scene. I just want you to say, and no and then. Okay, ready? And then. No and then. And then. No and then. <laughs> <laughs> fucking genius, right? <laughs> He's already laughing. The only thing I remember from Dude Where My Car, the only joke I remember from Dude's, Dude Where's My Car, is uh, when, and I don't even remember how we got here, but the woman got huge. And she's like walking in the, they're like in an amusement park and the little kid's yeah. like, daddy, I want to go on that ride. Dad's like, me too, son. Me too. Me too. Son. <laughs> Jesus. You die in that vagina. Anyways, back to Jane. Son, what a way to go. Uh, what a way to go. Uh, 15 bucks. They, the kids show up. 15 bucks. Little man, put that shit in my hand. Like, and this is the thing of like, what's interesting about Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and being minorly commercial successful is how many people know all these like little references and lines from stuff. Like, you know, that this is the one that really pr- proliferated, I guess. Um, but I guess probably because we were all grew up on them and we're old enough to go see in theaters. Anyways, um, they get into, Jay continues to sing. They get into singing some Jungle Love. This And the kid's like, what is Jungle Love? They talk about uh, Prince. This is, I think, the first gay joke. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You're going to talk shit about Morris Day and t- the time? They're the greatest band of all time. Uh, at this point, uh, Jeff Anderson, uh, Randall himself, walks out of the video store, uh, tells him to stop dealing in front of the store. And for the record, Morris Day and the time sucks. Uh, he goes in and he, and he well, he's got him. He's in, the kid, he's like, you want to know something fucked up about him and that quick stop boy? We cut back into the quick stop. Uh, Dante is behind the counter once again. Uh, he's not even supposed to be there today uh, once again. Uh, Randall saddles up to read his magazine. Uh, they start talking about uh, them being outside and how they're this, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the kids come in. Uh, they're like, how was the wedding? You got married at a Unitarian church last week. And that, uh, uh, yeah, what is it? Um, uh, I'm blanking on the... 
you're the you're the the butch right and then i forget what he called it. The, the who's dominant i can't remember oh, what yeah, kind of terminology yeah, they, yeah 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 okay that that like it's like top bottom like sort top of and bottom yeah. yeah yeah but he says something specific that i'm totally blanking on right now anyways uh and the, the bet the and the beauty or the or the betsy i forgot the, the bitch and the butch Bitch Thank you. Okay, I'm the bitch. Well, if, if if we are if when I thought about us being gay, that's how I see it too. I will uh, I will say though that like uh, not a whole lot of evolution in terms of their acting chops. Like it <laughs> sounds like they that, just yeah. took a a clip from fucking Clerks. Like they they talk. <laughs> why does every line they deliver sound the same? Man, but also, you're about to get a bunch point, of A-list actors. To your point earlier, Andy, like this is one of the first references where it's sort of a nod to the other series, where he's like, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." That I just felt I was like, "Ah, wh- why? <laughs> why do we have to say that? We get it. It's so out. It's it's so because I mean, if you want fan service, man, fuck off. Because this whole movie is fan service to view skew people. So of course, and, and I think they nailed it. Yeah. I I I don't mind the you're not I'm not even supposed to be here today. I don't th- um, I don't mind it either. It's just like the the fourth and fifth and sixth time they keep on doing it. And it's like okay, we get it, we get it, we get it. We're not dumb. We're not that dumb. I'm dumb. Um, I feel like I I liked it this time. Didn't like the second time, but when they bring it back with the monkeys, I'm like all in. Of course, people like monkeys. Research shows that. Um, uh, Randall's like, you know, and I'm gonna do something I should have done a long time ago, and calls the Leonardo Police Department, who uh, come to arrest Jane and Bob. I uh, feel the- like this is out of character for Randall. Where I'm like, I, why would he do this? He's last these guys time- have been around for 20 years. Randall's, I mean, Randall, we like, of course, but Randall's a bitch. He would do this. Wild yes. card. No, but I feel like, like I feel like gonna be done with this. We uh, we saw him like. In in one of the other movies, just kind of totally be okay with this, like yeah, you know, they're the stoner guys that sell drugs out there. I just can't imagine how ten years changed them that much. Calling the cops, he doesn't feel like That's a true. narc. He's not a narc. I mean, Randall he just is. wants to get the job done, so he gets it done. Uh, the shit cops show up once again. It's the actor who plays Rick Darris. I don't think it is Rick Darris, but I don't ever got to look at the badge. Um, he's there to arrest uh, Jay and Silent Bob um for what well I, we don't even smoke weed we have these rolling papers yeah i have a wiping problem so i use them on my brown eye and he drops his, his things there and f- farts <laughs> literally a fart joke right here or whatever and then gets grabbed what's well, if it's, it's fucking it's, it's a fucking crime to fart for a fucking fart they're thrown into the cop car uh we then cut over to uh, uh brody's secret stash where uh brody's putting comics out there we're going to see brody of course jason lee here in his exact same outfit from all rats so again just in case you aren't familiar 100 percent why jason lee's two characters we will dress them in the exact same outfits like the same cartoon character this movie is exactly yeah. give him the change yeah, and if you imagine watching this movie and like i i did once but watching this movie with no other context just being like hey there's a lot of people here that you see later, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I watched this movie three years ago, and I had not watched the other ones, and I was confused as fuck <laughs> when he came back. I was like, I don't understand. But here we are now. I understand. I feel enlightened. I feel so, fan service. Uh, Jay tells us, of course, that there's a restraining order filed against them. Now they can't go be outside of the quick stop. Uh, while Brody uh, puts out his comics, he's like, "Well, that doesn't really matter, right? Because you're all rich as fuck now." And Jay's like, "Yeah, wait, what? Uh, there's a Blunt Man and Chronic movie happening. Of course, it's what everybody's talking about. It's the cover of Wizard Magazine this month." And I was like, "Oh God, God, that hurts to see a beautiful Wizard Magazine inside a comic book shop." I only ever owned one Wizard Magazine, Greg, but I felt like I was in. Like you I was, fucking I were part of the community. Those you were part yeah. of the comics community at that point. Those magazines were so thick 
they were great. Yeah. They were so glorious. What a glorious fucking thing! So I didn't know anything that was inside of them, but I just yeah. drew shit all the time. God, they were they were lovely <laughs> yeah. and amazing. Um, also worth pointing out, you might be like, I thought Brody hosted the Tonight Show. Behind him is this giant variety thing saying he bolted that he left the Tonight Show, which I thought was like a, a cool way of cool not having touch. to beat us over the head of it because Brody would have that kind of shit in his comic book shop. Um, That's one thing too that like a lot of people might not know, but the you want to talk about the comic book shop, Greg. Oh sure, like it's Brody's secret stash. It's Jane and Silent Bob's secret stash. This is the this is the original secret stash, which is, has since moved. Uh, but it, it's it's the Kevin Smith comic book shop, which of course after it moves goes on to become comic book men and all these different things. They just made a different sign for the outside and shop there, which is dope as hell. Um, so yeah, uh, and Brody re- lays out the plot here, right? Of course, that yes, in fact, there's a Blunt Man and Chronic movie happening. Uh, you guys probably are owed likeness rights. They already paid you for the comics, aren't they? Paying you? We ain't got no fucking movie check. Brody's like, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? You would think that Banky Edwards and Holden McNeil using full names, of course. Even though I guess Brody doesn't know them, which would be weird because he's the comics guy in Jersey. Doesn't matter. Um, uh, yeah, you know, that they owe you some money and you need to figure that out or whatever. And, it, you know, this is what's going on. Uh, and he's like, all right, cool. We'll go look them up. So then again, we hard cut over to uh, Potzers Incorporated. Again, more fan service for you, of course. This uh, insult that Ben Affleck threw around that uh, Alyssa picked up as well and chasing Amy Potzers is Ben Affleck's new company. Uh, they knock on his door. Uh, Holden McNeil opens it. Bang. Quoting Bang. the who's shit in his cereal like chasing Amy. Uh, he's got this dope ass space with all sorts of Macs in it. Really cool. Kind of thing. Very, very, you want to talk about a dot com office as <laughs> he's playing his basketball <laughs> and has all these computers, right? And it's basically again laid out there that they're there for their fucking movie check. And he's like, I sold the I sold my half of the rights to Blunt Man and Chronic to Banky a long, long time ago. So you're gonna have to chase him down if you want anything done on that. And uh they were like, Well, what is even going on? It's this movie, uh, you know, it's people are bitching about the internet. What the fuck is the internet? A great quote. <laughs> and then a great delivery here, right? Of uh, the internet is a place where people keep us anonymously to talk shit. They go to movie poop shoot. Uh, again, another just let's be as on the nose with the dick and fart jokes as we can be. Uh, where people, yes, I love their, I love the logo, <laughs> the logo, yeah, the little the noise when they get on the website always bothers me. The fart noise, <laughs> like, oh. yeah, Kevin, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't like when people burp, so I understand that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, uh, what do you come down on when when guys used to put their their hands in their armpits and go quick, 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 and make a fart sound? No, fart sounds usually I'm totally fine with. This specific one has always bothered me. I don't Greg, know I just why. Want you to know, um, mostly the, just the highness of that. Your hand slapping together came through, so it sounded like something completely different. What did it sound like? Oh. Uh. Oh, God, no. Can you please stop? Can you please stop? I can mute him. Why do you moan? Perfect example of a thing that was just like, okay, you're 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 towing the line. Then, oh, yeah. you just jumped across. That's it. That'll be on today's uh, kind of funnies uh, out of context tweets. <laughs> probably. That feels like that feels apropos for this movie where everything. Shout just out to out Dylan. So again, we lay out here that, yeah, all these people are talking shit about Jane Silent Bob on the internet. And uh, Holden's like, they're not talking shit about you. They're talking sh- shit about fictional characters. J- it just keeps going over Jay's head. They keep going back and forth with this funny, I think, funny exchange, right? It's Holden King. They're talking about fictional characters. Like he's trying to, you know, I guess caveman sign language to explain what the hell he's talking about. Uh, but it's not going through to Jay and Bob. This I, is again, I, ha- I hate this. I, I yeah. like. Which part? I, I, I don't that like they don't get that. It? No, I don't like that. That Silent Bob. <laughs> The, the, his role was never I'm going to do charades so that to make you understand stuff. It became that in this movie. Like mm-hmm. he became well, such it's a hard thing where, where, before it, where but before it's just always kind of been him going. 
little head nods and kind of like facial. But now, but now he's doing like all these weird. Like, when did this happen? Why? Why now? When, when they know? made a whole movie about him, yeah, and he yeah. doesn't talk. Um, just, I don't know. It's just weird. I I, I feel like totally. there's something that I don't know what the hell happened to Ben Affleck. Like, did he get hit in the head with a stick or something? Because like his <laughs> acting went like it was fine. I've always been like, hey, Ben Affleck gets a lot of shit for his acting. I thought he was good in Chasing Amy. And then I, I, I really liked him in Dogma. And then in this movie, I have to assume it's the directing, but all of this just is so over the top. And later when they're doing the Goodwill Hunting 2, I, I don't get why they, that was the direction that he went where he was like, hmm. You know, I, think like, at that point, I think at that point, they, like, I don't like he... That. I think his direction was yes. This is all cartoony at this point. We are just over the top with this. Well, Matt Damon's still good though. Remember, also they probably got them like this is the one where he said that Kevin uh, Smith uh, like guilted him and did hey, come back. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they they even make a joke about it. I have to imagine they were like, we got Ben Affleck for two days. What? Yeah. Let's just get through these scenes and whatever he gives us, he gives us because he did. He clearly he had fun with the character, but, but I, I doubt I mean, he gave a fuck about this. Remember, I Ben feel, Affleck at this point was getting huge. I feel like, like it was. It was like, that. dude, where's my car, bad? <laughs> I think it's just. I think honestly, like, I will not. I think a lot of it is like the back, yeah, like, and I do think there's truth to it, right? Of the payback picture, as much as I don't think it was like really a payback picture, but it's like, ah, fuck, Kevin wants me to come do this with him. I think it was literally, come on in and play. Let's just have fun. Let's do this thing. And so, like, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back to being Holden McNeil, which means I'm gonna come back. I'm just gonna be Ben Affleck again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there isn't like, oh man, we're farting around. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's it's. I don't think. Ben Affleck, it's very similar, I would say, honestly, to the plot of Chasing Amy of like when I have something personal to say, I don't think he had anything personal to say with this. And I think Kevin Smith was just like, come on and have fun with us and fuck yeah. around and bong it's, and do it's you get basically to you every, get it up on It's basically every happy Madison movie where Sandler yeah. and all his friends are like, let's just come hang out and go on vacation. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think, think that's just why grown ups, but but yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, though, so uh, Holden sets it all up. This is where we meet the commenters. Yada 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 yada. And it's uh, yeah. So now uh, we have to go to Hollywood. We're come on, Silent Bob. We're going to Hollywood. They exit. Uh, Silent Bob waves. They go to the bus station. Easter egg for you to look forward to in future movies. No future spoilers here, but future movies. In the scene where they walk it now and get on the bus and then immediately get off the bus, you will notice a large man in front of the bus drinking two cups of coffee at Greg the same Miller. time. <laughs> over and over. I wish. I wish. God, I can't imagine. From I forget the, the what his relationship down. is, but he's one of the guys who is key to making Clerks the animated series happen. And mm -hmm. in future films, no spoilers, he will appear again drinking two cups of coffee. If you can find him for me, you will get nothing but my applause. Um, James and Bob get on the bus and then immediately get off the bus. And like, since when are you got to pay for the bus? Didn't we used to ride this shit for free all the time as kids? Good line. Good line. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> now they decide to hitchhike <coughs> to Hollywood. From Great New guy. Jersey, even yeah. though everything looks like California. Now, nah, yeah, you know, I got some of that coffee in that. I got it. Wrong I got it in throat. My air pipe. Wrong yeah, pipe. wrong pipe. Wrong um, pipe. No, the same throat, right throat. Hmm. <coughs> wrong pipe. So, fun, um, fun fact here: you mentioning the California, New Jersey stuff. Like they did shoot in New Jersey and California. That was essentially it. But uh, they, in keeping with the fan service theme of this movie, and like just kind of going all out with stuff, and even if it was obscure things like Mark Hamill, and no one knows who the fuck he is unless he's Luke Skywalker. Um, the canyon setting that they end up at the diners, the same location used for the filming of many episodes of Star Trek, the original series, most notably um, the season one, episode 18 arena where Kirk fights the Gorn, the giant the green Gorn. lizard. Yeah. Which we've seen. I mean, we can all imagine this canyon they're talking about, right? Like oh, it's yeah. iconic. 
And it's like there a lot of the the scripting of this movie and ideas came from like what dope locations can we get that are iconic from different things and just kind of ride around that. I think it's kind of cool because that it fits in with the whole. It's more than just references to Kevin Smith movies. It's also like nerddom as a whole. True. Uh, so now they're out there and it's gonna, we're going to hitchhike to Hollywood, everybody. And everybody's like, all right, cool. And uh, they're just out there starting it and they don't get any rides. And they're like, wait, why aren't we getting any rides? At this point, George Carlin from across the street goes, because you're doing it all wrong. And it's, of course, Cardinal Glick, but not Cardinal Glick, just George Carlin. Uh, and they're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, if you want to get a ride, you got to suck dick. <laughs> you got to offer him some incentive. There and it shows is. a sign that says, we'll, we'll give head. And back to everything, but we're not gay. And George, this is where I think, again, like it could have, if this would have been the plot point throughout, right, would have been like what you're talking about, Nick, of saying something, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck that. We're not gay. And he's in George Carlin's like, gay, straight. It's a new millennium. It doesn't matter anymore. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if it, if I'll take a load in the mouth, if it means getting me, I'll take a shot in the mouth if it takes, you know, it'll get me a, a few <laughs> hundred miles down the road. I'll yeah. take a shot in the mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, like George yeah. Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, they're like, oh, it's 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 in the it's in the book. What book? The unwritten book of the road or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And so then uh, he flags on a truck, gets in there, and <laughs> very graphically goes down to the sky. Where he's like, like uh, good luck. Excuse me. <laughs> Down on it, like, geez, all right. Enjoy that. Like, you don't want to get on the road first? Like, yeah. get up to speed before? Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't seem it's that unwritten when you write it on the sign. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it seems like whatever. It seems like it's a very explicit transaction, but I digress. Hmm. Good point. Uh, station wagon pulls over. Uh, they climb on in, and they both sit in the back seat, Jay and Silent Bob. We pull out and reveal that there's a nun driving the car with Buddy Christ on her dashboard, uh, confirming that dogma did happen and exist. And uh, also the fact that it's Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia herself, uh, driving this here car. You got to love it. A fun uh, thing here is uh, this is the first film in which Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill had appeared together since Return of the Jedi. And apparently neither of them knew the other was in the film until a couple Aww. weeks after shooting. <laughs> That seems like a missed opportunity <laughs> or the perfect opportunity. So they don't fucking say, oh, I don't want to be in another movie with Mark Hamill or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the risk you take there. You're not sure. Remember, very different time. 2000. Well, One. 2000 when they're filming this probably yeah. uh, right of like where we were with Star Wars and how no one ever thought we'd see Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher in Star Wars. again. I digress. Um, it, you know, she invites Jay up to one of them up. Jay goes to the front of the car uh, and, she, and they immediately are into it. And she's like, oh, I live my life by the book. You, fuck, you follow the book, too. Thinking, of course, the unwritten uh, book of the road. Uh, she's yes. And do you follow it? I, you know, I guess I have to. You picked us up. I guess I kind of have to. And she's like, well, it's much easier to say you follow the book than to actually do it. And, you know, he's like, all right, fine. Flicks his hair back and then goes down on this nun in the fucking station wagon. Uh, we got an outside shot. She pulls to the uh, curb or the gravel, uh, kicks his ass out, kicks Silent Bob out, uh, pulls away. Uh, it's now nighttime. Um, and they're out there like, oh, how was I supposed to fucking know? He's smoking a cigarette. You know, it feels like, you know, it's like we're in some kind of fucked up cartoon. Uh, the camera turns and it's uh, basically the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo uh, underneath a light looking really cool. Uh, they We then cut to them in the car uh, with the gang. It is the entire uh, Scooby-Doo gang here. Uh Okay, this makes really, sense. Really, really bad Shaggy. Like, yeah, he's got yeah. Those, yeah. Almost, he's weird, like crinkly tin giant. I feel oh. like I feel like it's you know Shaggy impersonators are a dime a dozen out there, and they're so yeah. easy to find. But this Andy, guy was really, really bad, dude. Andy, the problem you're having is that when they were would eventually go on to make the Scooby Doo live action movies, Matthew Lillard fucking knocked it out of the yeah. park. 
So you can't really, you know what I mean? You can't really right there. Hire me. Once you have the Babe Ruth of Shaggy's there, done. Well, first off, I'm going to talk Casey Kasem. What's up? Casey Kasem. Kasem. The original original voice of Shaggy. Basing it on. But everyone knows that Casey Kasem did that in his like own home recording place. Never fucking stepped out. Never saw the world. I heard he didn't even know Scooby-Doo was a dog. He thought it was some kind of horse. Do you guys know who voiced Scooby-Doo in this? I did not. Mark Hamill. Shut up. Really? That's cool. Anyways, he's like, pretty Mark, good at this voice acting. Didn't they pay him twice for that, or did they just <laughs> give him like nothing back then? <laughs> Probably gave him nothing back then. Um, because he's like, oh man, live action. I'm not just the Joker voice that nobody knows me for. Great. Um, anyways, uh, we're back in the mystery machine here, and they're talking about pulling off their masks. They're doing. They start infighting or whatever. Uh, Velma makes a reference to wishing they could pick up sexy girls. Like it's just like for all of a sudden, Jason and Bobby. Yeah. Here's just this. Here's a bunch of thoughts Kevin had about Scooby Doo. It's like, oh, and again, in these random inserted, we're making a fucking shitty film. Like, dude, where's my car? It works. Um, <laughs> you want to come off the bench, huh? Put <laughs> your fade, boy. Get out of here. Trash. I'm telling you right now. I tell you right now. I'd rather watch Dude, Where's My Car two more times than watch this movie ever again. Okay. Wow. Um, and Damn. then the infighting begins or boils over I should say I guess and Jay's like you know what you guys need doobie snacks and has a bunch of weed so then we now cut to magic carpet ride montage of them fucking high as shit uh, Velma and the other one the, the, the redhead I don't know she's uh, well, who Daphne? Daphne sorry I'm not I know a lot about Kevin Smith not about Scooby Doo they're fucking <laughs> in their bras <laughs> dancing uh, everybody's just fucking high as shit uh, eventually it ends though. And we cut back and Jason and Bob were passed out on each other. And we cut back to the Scoob gang who Shaggy's like, we should cut their kidneys out and sell them on the live market. Then we cut to, uh, I don't even know that? whose dream sequence we're in anymore now or where <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. Jay's got his kidney cut out. He's in a bathtub full of ice. So he screams himself awake and he's sleeping on silent Bob outside of a playground or whatever. Right. And he's like, and it comes to, me, he's like, do I check? Do I have my kidney? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm hungry for breakfast. And he goes, oh, and there's a movies right across the street from Dogma. You got something, Kev? Yeah. I just, one of those things were like, what the fuck happened? Did Kevin Smith know someone with a, a, a mystery van lookalike that, and just was like, was oh, like, you know what? We could do this scene. Or what has he always wanted to do a dark Scooby Doo? Like, ripoff movie like what yeah. a weird Again, scene it probably is right it's probably i mean i don't he wasn't podcasting yet but i'm sure like you'd get around and fuck around with your friends and Mosher and all these people and bring it up every so often you're like this is my chance to put this in a movie it's such and a it's- bizarre yeah it's such a bizarre infatuation like i could understand if again you know they they have jason biggs in here and james vanderbeek which were very much of that time that stuff yeah. makes sense i understand those actors popping up and being like that's weird now but totally back then that makes sense but scooby-doo like a fucking cartoon that's ancient <laughs> why like it's so, like i would understand like a beavis and butthead or a ren and stimpy or some shit like that but this it was really bizarre well, i mean yeah Star. well this is kevin this is this is it's it makes sense because kevin is a, a child of this time period right it just doesn't make sense in the terms of usually he would throw these out as verbal references, other characters saying in their in their universe, and it would make sense, right? Because I think obviously, again, I know this is dating all of us, but the Star Wars references hit and work, right? But again, one of the reasons Clerks was so cool was, man, they're having conversations you'd have with your friends about Empire when yeah, Star Wars sure. was not getting talked about that way. There's only there's one that misses, right, for me, where it's um in Mall Rats, where 
their uh oh it's some dating game ripoff show and brody's like man why can't they ever bring back a good show like bj and the bear like that's when you can hear the jet airplane race over my head i have no idea what you're referencing but i understand that kevin grew up watching bj and the bear so he wants to make reference about it and then before i even am mad that i don't understand it it's over and i'm gone Nick, whereas for you like this one you're dropped into scooby-doo you're like all right this is happening for a while yeah nick kevin. was bj the monkey or is the bear the monkey I have no idea what BJ and the Bear is. Oh, really? It's the one yeah. where the dude is is a truck driver that has a monkey, right? Uh, Sounds like you know a lot about it. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Only know that. I feel like, weird oh, I feel like what was happening there, Andy, and you'll understand this reference is that Kevin was trying to fucking dunk on Nick, and Nick just fucking blocked his ass. <laughs> yeah, dude. The, the, the ball <laughs> bounced dude. off the back rim. No, I, I, legi- I legitimately ACL blown out. A I mad dog is on the court. How did get yeah. here? It's very similar to that time that Ashton Kutcher dunks on Sean William Scott, where he goes, "Hey, do you know what I wanted to do right now?" And Sean William Scott goes. Eat and he goes, No, eat. It's so funny. Tim, <laughs> I just googled BJ and the bear and they ride like an optimist looking uh truck, truck, but it's red. Jay and Silent Bob walk into movies. Uh, we again get the jingle, he's around and a monkey, and they go up there to order their food. And Jay's like, Listen. We got to get to Hollywood and stop this uh, movie. No more distractions under any circumstance. Bob gives him the thumbs up. Immediately, Jay turns and looks at the door. And Bon Jovi's Bad Medicine fucking hits Nick. Yona. And it's, like it's the one and only Shannon Elizabeth walking in Fuck without a bra is, or a very dude, thin bra. Show on. some goddamn damn, respect, dude. man. Oh, my God. The amount this. of times that I stole my uncle's American Pie DVD just to watch it at night. Good Lord, dude. Now, what I do, like, I love this. Is this an homage at all to Wayne's World? With It must be. Dreamweaver. Yeah, Dreamweaver. No, like, I, I think it's just, I think it's just in the yeah, style. Yeah, choir of Angels sing as this beautiful woman walks in. I think that's okay. it. I gave it to Dreamweaver. Okay. Oh, Who did it better? I believe you I mean, can definitely Wayne's World. Um, also, I, I blew past it, by the way, just because it's funny. Jane Silent Bob see the internet terminal in movies and go over there and start posting on movie poop shoot. Then you're going to eat oh, our yeah, shit, which yeah, is made yeah, up yeah. of the shit that we, and you're going to shit your shit. And, like, and then funny. we're going to eat it. And that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you Andy. are the ones who are the ball lickers. Andy Cortez. Thank you, Tim. Um, I have a new uh, in review proposition. Um, SNL movies based on skits in the shows. So we SNL got Wayne's movie. World, Wayne's World Two. We got Night at the Roxbury. We got uh, the, the one, the, the Christian yeah. woman girl. What's her name? Superstar. 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 Oh, yeah, there's a lot of. I'm liking this, Andy. So far, that. I don't want to watch any. Of I know. I don't want to watch any of these. Wayne's World, World One and Two. two? What are you I would talking watch Wayne's World One and Two, but Night at the Roxbury. Night of the Roxbury rules. The movie's so, fucking terrible. It's so good, dude. Uh, walks in. Uh, <laughs> Jay is very much in a uh, dream state, watching her come in. He walks over there. He starts making out with her. He starts to squeeze her breast. She pulls it down in eye rolls while making out with him uh it, we all are watching this happen and then we cut back to bob's perspective who is just jay staring fantasizing about all this licking his fingers licking fake nipples doing all stuff making out with people having a huge fucking boner just having this huge erection uh, you know maybe a normal size erection uh and he, he turned I'm, I'm not here to judge yes or no on dick sizes here you know what i mean it's like that time you guys made me watch that porn during it the looked, kind of it funny looked podcast. thick yeah, it, right? it, it was like, it, there was, it was a girth. girth to it. It was a girth. Yeah, like um, it was a large cup that they put, and it fit exactly. it well. 
Bob grabs a, a cup off of the movie counter there, puts it over the dick, and then comes up and he's like, Ooh, Jay's like, what? And then Shannon comes up. Nick, like, Nick, yeah. did you just have a moment of like, I don't remember seeing a fully exposed dick in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I was wondering what part we made Greg watch that he was so, it was so offensive that it burned into his memory today. Nick, remember we wa- we, we ended up watching a porn on on, on one of the old gogs or kind of funny podcast. And at the same time, when the first dick was exposed, you and I said at the same time, "Wow, that's a big one." Oh, okay, <laughs> we both sure. said it at the same time. It does sound like something I would say. When did we make Greg watch porn? <laughs> no, no, it's a joke from the other the other day where I was. I remember it was one of my favorite Nick moments of recent era. because okay. Nick made. I'm still in the middle of the story. We watched it on the kind of funny podcast. We we're talking on the kind of funny podcast. I watched it and I said, I don't want to alarm you guys, but there's a lot of big dicks on this. There's a lot of dick, big dicks on this. And Nick goes, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Shannon Elizabeth's character is named Justice, and she yeah. decided she's going to wear glasses because Justice is blind. God bless. Oh. I'm, I'm going to say this. This, this we'll, get to, we'll get here in a second, but shout out to. Shannon Elizabeth in this at the height of her powers coming off of like still riding that American pie scary level of and everyone's like dude she's going to be a fucking superstar forever she is Um, anyway he's got a cup on his dick uh, she comes over and says, I don't even remember something. You get a value meal with that? You get fries with that or whatever? And this starts the conversation between Jay and Justice here. Uh, They are both immediately enamored with each other. They fall quickly in love at first sight, much like me and my wife. Um, I had a Heather Graham. Heather Graham was originally offered Shannon Liz's bit yeah. role, but she turned it down because she couldn't figure out why her character would fall in love with Jay. Great point. Great question. Yeah, solid point. But didn't she do Awesome Powers? Yeah, but she Awesome did, Powers, Austin you Austin could Austin fall in love with. Movie. And also, he was he was like he was charming and a super spy, whereas Jay is like literally demeans her from the second she walks in the door, and you're like, wow, this is just an immediately inappropriate relationship but you know you can't help who you love again it was the style back then to call women bitches and fine as fuck and stuff like that uh hey, there's nothing calling a woman fine as fuck okay i apologize or is there did i do we have to cross that one off my rubric i don't know they strike up this conversation uh they're falling in love right um oh, there's a little back and forth here like you're saying inappropriate but she likes it or whatever um she does it, some- and to, Shan elizabeth to her credit does a really good job of having of of manifesting chemistry between herself and and uh jay, jay even though i don't know that it was there but she does a good job of selling it she does a good job of being in the character and like and and making it okay that this character that she's acting opposite is a lovable idiot as opposed yeah. to just an offensive fucking miscreant and again, yeah. just like he turns to, <laughs> what's your name, Justice? Jay and Justice. <laughs> He's just doing this in front of her. <laughs> this sitting, though, they're clear. fucking Everyone the can clearly hear what's going on, right? And then, uh, yeah, it, basically a little bit of catch up of like, oh, what's going on with you? You know, she's like, oh, I'm, you know, going across the country. And this is when she busts out the glasses with my friends. Oh, where are they? Oh, they're out there. And we get the unconceivable, unbelievable. Uh, as uh, what? Great job. Job. Sissy, Chrissy, and Missy all climb out of the van in their cat suits. Yes, I had to look at the IMDb page to remember all their names. But it's Elijah Dushku, Allie Larder, and of course, uh, Jennifer Schalbach Smith, uh, Kevin's wife. Um, they're over there, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? These you know, beautifully attractive women hop out of this fucking van or whatever. Uh, and this is where uh, they can, uh, Jay asks, and they convince, they say yes to giving him a ride, right? Yeah, and they'll give him a ride to wherever but like, they're going. 
let's think let's talk about this for a second this and andy you probably don't remember because you were like two two when this movie came out but fucking they got shannon elizabeth elijah (laughs) dushku and ali larder again at the height of all of their powers yeah Yeah, totally like elijah dushku probably coming right off of uh bring it on oh my god Uh, elijah dushku was just like the oh she was on buffy too so i mean like she was all about it she was also in True Lies was the first time I saw her, which I think came out before this. And just like about, I, a little bit, just a little bit, just a skosh, like nineteen. You know, she was ten in that movie. <laughs> that movie. Who, who's Ali? Who Ali? What? Ali Larder, who the is blog. who is about to make either has already or is about to make waves in all of the college community by wearing a um, whipped cream bikini. Oh, she already did that. Varsity Blues. Yeah. Uh, that was, oh, that's a, really? That's wow. Right. She was in Park Destination. She was in Varsity Blues. Later, she would be in Heroes. Resident uh, Evil. Nick. No, not Heroes. She would be in Resident Evil. I've only seen the Chris Evans version of the bikini, the whipped cream bikini. I just well, want to share that with you. She did it better. Let's not another teen movies. It's, I don't know. It's, there was a banana involved with the Chris Evans version. Well, there might be a banana involved. In more show. That's a now. good movie right there, dude. Dude, Allie shout Larder, out to this group. Heroes, 56 episodes. She Go fuck yourself and watch Dude, Where's My Car Again? You Wait, what, season, <laughs> what season was she in? in One, two, three. Was she fucking really? I don't remember her in that yeah. show. No, oh. actually, I think she was just in seasons one and two. What were her powers? She, she was in 2006 through 2010. Uh, she wasn't in it. There was oh. always a photo of her from the waist down, like, in every shot. <laughs> 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 corrected. Your apology is accepted as well. And I will, I take will accept your apology you whenever you're ready, you're ready to apologize about Dewar's My Car, because you know that movie's fucking genius. God, I hated that fucking um so now they're all in the van uh uh brent is also in the van this is sean williams scott uh there's a few different conversations that are important here uh uh you know first off no none of the other girls are happy that uh jesse uh brought jane on the bob into this place uh jay can't believe that fine ass bitches like themselves would eat fast food make some fart um uh, they're they're clearly oscillating back between being like fucking really hard as nails women and then like Brent telling girls don't fart and Brent uh, Sean William Scott has this terrible hairdo <laughs> this retainer and braces and a guitar and he's like he's, of course don't girls don't fart I want to say I want to say it right now favorite character of this movie Sean William Scott number two is Jamie Kennedy like they're both phenomenal in this movie man. you know why you love Sean William Scott because he's the lead. In Dude, where's my car? It all comes full circle. He is Done. not the lead in Dude, where's my car? <laughs> Sean William Scott? He's a co-lead. No, he's, co-lead. he's, he's the like, supporting character. It's what's-his-face the lead. Two main actors in Dude, where's my car? It's no. Aston Kutcher and Charlie William Scott. Aston Kutcher and then... No. Whose car was it? When we do shitty movies in review, we'll have this discussion. Kevin's defense for who the main character is saying, whose car was it? It's true. It's true. And I don't, I can't honestly remember whose car it was, to be perfectly honest. I'm pretty sure it was the girl's car. What? what There's no girl. There's two girlfriends in the movie. Have you seen Dude, Where's My Car? I love this. Wait, I don't think you've seen Dude Words My Car, Kevin. I mean, not in like 10 years. Oh, man. Dude My Car. Do you know there's aliens in it? Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) There's like a really big girl, right? Well, she gets she becomes a giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> you say big girl that has a different connotation. I've watched a lot of seventy show, and they make a lot of bad references to Big Ronda, and it's kind of sad. Because oh. Big Ronda was just tall. What's hey. happening? May I continue? Or do no. you want this to be a fucking dude? Where's my car? Interview? Because <laughs> I will fucking leave, and you can do it, Nick. All right, dude. Where's my car? Cast coming soon. <laughs> kind of funny. 
Uh, so in the car, yeah, it's all set up. Uh, yeah, the setup here, of course, is that they are part of an animal rights activist group from college. Uh, they're going out to Provasic. Uh, they're going to pull this caper, free some animals, uh, do a bunch of good stuff, and for the good of the animal community. That's why Brent's here, of course. But you would think these women are up to something else. Meanwhile, Brent makes it pretty clear that uh, he's got the hots for Jesse, so everybody else back the fuck off. Jay immediately sees this and feels like he can capitalize on it, of course, with his master stroke of a plan of uh calling brent over and then asking him would he fuck a sheep <laughs> brent says of course he wouldn't and jay's like well what if you were a sheep and he, uh, and he explains a little bit more and he's like all right in that case it's fucking on <laughs> at which point jay <laughs> announces to the eye this dude's not one of us he fuck a sheep <laughs> throws him out of the moving vehicle with his guitar now who's smart you sheep fucker bizarre yeah it, it, he didn't need him to say that you know what I mean? He was just gonna throw him out without any yeah. context, and no totally one not have no chance to defend himself. Right. Oh, but I didn't yeah, like the, I the excitement. Saying, I didn't I like see. the excitement with the the way where he was like, "Oh yeah, then I would." And it's like, mm. a deleted scene would lead to him giving the sheep the eyes, though. Oh, okay. We need that context. I haven't seen it in a long time. I can't remember if there actually is a, a sheep a sheep fucking scene, but I definitely then, remember there being eyes. I'm like. That would yeah, we need more of that backstory. Like in Lord of the Rings, we get more backstory on Aragorn and also like cares you know. about Acorn and fucking Gwen <laughs> going down. There Speaking of Lord of the Rings, Andy. So you know how like we, we always connect the, the clerks universe and Lord of the Rings, and we have for years here are kind of funny, which is why we're doing both interviews at the same time. A fact that I didn't know is the composer that did Dogma is also the composer of the Lord of the Rings movies. Wow. Which one do you think he's great. more proud of? <laughs> Dog won all the awards, yeah. <laughs> oh man, so then we stop it. Hold on, real quick, real quick. I just, I always think about the one moment <laughs> that we had. Um, oh god, who was in our studio? And we asked him about Jessica Negri. It was Jessica Negri or Mia Khalifa. Mia Both Khalifa, of them, we asked. Oh no, no, no. We had Ro we asked Rocco. The moment I remember <laughs> is Rocco from Mega Sixty Four, and he's on the morning show with Nick. And we bring up, what do you think is better? Uh, like Clerks. <laughs> One or two, one, one and or the two. Lord of the Rings, and he goes, "Why the fuck would you compare those movies?" <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, "Yeah, why do?" Because <laughs> we're assholes. We're just complete assholes. So I wonder what the origin is of that. I don't it, remember it was, even a little bit. It was like you talking shit about Lord of the Rings, and then me I would going never. like. Go ahead, no, I Greg. feel like there was like Clerks news or something like that. Like when, it, when he was trying to make Clerks three, and and you were you had just finished talking about Lord of the Rings, and Kevin and I were both like, "We have to fuck with Andy on this." No, but Kevin's not fucking with. Kevin's real about it. But it's his birthday. I'll let him. We stop at a gas station uh, to pick up provisions, but also to get the girls alone so they can give uh, Justice shit for fucking this up. Uh, Brent was the patsy, of course. They aren't really doing this. They have a different scheme in mind. You fuck this up. You've got to find us a new patsy. Maybe you should uh, have Jay do it since he's so in love with you. He's not in love with me. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob, meanwhile, had uh, stayed outside of this new convenience store in a funny scene of trying to find a way to post up on it like they did the quick stop. But it's a glass wall and they can't, so they're sliding around and moving. And he's like, this place sucks balls compared to the quick stop. <laughs> and uh, once that was established, we had the conversation in there, which have a bunch of good throwbacks, I think, of whatever, right? Where he's just so sweet. And they cut outside and an attractive woman walks by and she just goes, hey, you ever have your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? So I love that line so much. Yeah. Every time. Wait, was that, was it that, did that come first or did it come first? They just he, they cut back to him and he's just humping the glass. No, that's the second one where, yeah, he, he, <laughs> I think it is. It doesn't matter, but yeah, maybe oh. I am wrong. Yeah, they cut back to him and he's humping the glass or whatever yeah. like that. 
Um, and like, too bad, Jesse. Figure the fuck out. Your name doesn't even rather match the rhyming scheme, but that might be later. Um, back in the car, uh, Justice is going over plans for the diamond heist, but you know, you have to be quick on the ball to see all that. And Jay saddles up next to her and starts talking to her. Um, a bunch happens here too, where we introduce the boo boo kitty fuck because women don't like being called. Oh, no, that's not here actually, is it? Sorry, that's not right. Um, he says more inappropriate stuff though, uh, eventually leading to the trouser snake joke of like, you know, if you like all animal, what about a trouser snake? And then the de- devil pops up. And then it, I forgot about it. The devil pops up, and then the other devil pops up. I fucking love that. That's and comedy, then, guys. That's then, fucking comedy. Then the angel pops up with a black eye, talks him out of this, explaining, of course, this is a, a fine piece of woman that you have feelings for. Maybe you shouldn't do the normal perv bullshit on this one. Of course, again, I think comedically, uh, all this happening in real time, <laughs> where we get to cut back to Justice and Bob looking at each other, like I don't know what he's what's fucking happening right now. Yeah. But eventually, yeah, they cut back and Jay's like, you know what? Never mind. It's better you don't know. Uh, and finally, she's like, you know, she need they, the girls need help or whatever, right? They need somebody who will go in and get the monkey. And Jay immediately agrees to it. And she's like, wait, you would? And he's like, yeah, of course I would. And like, you know, we'll do, I'll do anything for you. I'll do anything for you. She fucks off to the front of the thing again. And then in one of my favorite, like, genuine moments, there's a couple of scenes they left in this film where the actors break, but they just leave it in because, again, it's like, if you're watching this film, you probably fucking like View Askew and you like seeing them be themselves. But where yeah. Jay jumps on Bob and I can't believe I'm about to get some pussy for stealing a monkey. Stealing a little monkey. And you see Kevin Smith break and like put, he pushes off laughing and he has to come back because the scene is supposed to be him pressed up or whatever. Um, if I knew it was that easy, I would have been stealing monkeys since fucking kindergarten or whatever the hell Jay says. Um, yeah, there's another moment later, I think with, I want to say Brody or someone. No, it's Banky. It's Banky. Yeah, Banky. yeah. At the, at the end. Uh it's with Marshall Will and her. Yeah, yeah, right. He's like, uh, everybody's kissing, and he turns to me. He's like, despite what you may have heard, I don't kiss guys or whatever. And, and Will Farrell just goes, okay, play a cool hot shot. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking Jason Lee breaks, and they just left it in the film. Like, okay. God um, damn. Fucking Will Farrell. Right. He's so funny. Uh, anyways, though, now we roll up to uh, Provasic, uh, the animal testing facility. Uh, Jane and Bob have their mask on because, again, they'll be the ones infiltrating. The girls will not. Uh, before they go in, uh, oh, this is this is where the, yeah, they get out and they're walking. And he, Jay says something about bitches or whatever. And Allie Larder turns around like she's going to fucking kill him. It's like, what, what's twisting that bitch's t- nit, tip or knit? You know, trying to say tit. Jesus. Um, nipple and tit shoved together there. Um, and she's like, maybe it's because women don't like being called uh, bitches, right? They're like, what, what should I call you? And eventually, they eventually come down to boo-boo kitty fuck, something uh, cute and not demeaning. Okay. One of the one of the facts I have here about the, about the women here is uh, that uh, Missy, who was Jennifer Smith, Kevin yeah. Smith's wife, one of the Jewel Thieves, uh, was making her film debut, and several scenes of her making out with Ali Larder were cut for time, not due to their content. Several scenes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's she's a weird one too. Because I mean, I don't get me wrong, I understand like you cast your wife, whatever. But it's so funny. It's so funny to me that it's like it's Shannon Elizabeth, Ali Larder, Elijah Dushku, who are like in and of their rights like these unbelievably popular actresses at the time for these very well-noted one-off movies. And then you just get to Kevin Smith's wife. I always just thought she kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in this group. She's the Hawkeye of the group where it's just like, oh, you're here. It's very strange because you would assume that should have been like a Gabrielle Union or a Kirsten Dunst or like any of those other female characters that were like super popular at the time. But it's so funny because the other three have such good chemistry and this is not a knock against her. She just doesn't feel like she fits this group at all. I'm glad I am here for this moment because I was so confused and I, I like 
I'd like to think I know a decent amount about 90s, like late 90s, early 2000s sort of comedy and people and actors. And I, I just like, I don't know who this woman is. Like everybody else I've seen in movies, I've seen in stuff before. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this is. And I totally agree with you, Nick. I was like a Kirsten Dunst, <coughs> uh, even like at that time, Beyonce, who would like then go on to do Austin Powers. Sure. Like oh, sure. any of that would have worked, but I was really confused by that choice. That totally I, makes sense now. I, I I was always, and I granted it, watching it as a, a younger kid, I guess, whatever, was more I was always impressed that I thought she pulled it off in a way that didn't stick out like a sore thumb to me, but I'm clearly in the minority because literally when we were watching the movie last night. She, as soon as she steps out of the van, Jen was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, this, who is this woman? She doesn't fit at all. I'm like, oh, it's, it's Kevin's wife. Yeah, I, I'm in funny. the same boat as Greg where like when I found out it was Kevin Smith's wife, I was like, oh, cool that he put her in there and that she fits so well with the little group. But yeah, guess not. Uh, anyways, though, uh, before they go in, Elijah Dushku is like, you know, hey, you know, Jay, we'd like to get you f- say a few words about the clitoris. Uh, clitoris, uh, we're doing a thing here for our human sexuality class, and we need a male's perspective on the clit. He's like, oh, I got a few things to say about the clit. I'd like you to hear <laughs> to it justice, right? So I am the clit commander. <laughs> Just like, immediately into this. There's something about when Jay gets super like aggro about shit that is the funniest fucking thing. And like, you know, you look at Jason Mewes and you're like, not a tremendously great actor. He's gotten better at playing the role of Jay over the years and has settled into that character. But when he hits, it gets a laugh out of a young, you know, 16 year old Nick Scarpino like you would not fucking believe. I am the clit fucking master. (laughs) Uh, it, it, uh, it makes me laugh every time when he's like, and then I, and I get in there, I go like, this, I get it like uh, this, I go, oh, you look. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's another one where Jay starts to laugh at the end of it, and they just like, fuck it, it's too good, leave it in, leave it in. And they close it off like, thanks for that. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth is pissed, but we don't understand why. And the boys uh, go to infiltrate, and they begin rolling through the parking lot like a bunch of clowns. Uh, meanwhile, the girls go back into the van. Um, uh, Jay and the Bob are gonna uh, get in there. Uh, Jay, uh, Bob pulls back out the old grappling hook for mall rats, shoots it up there. He had now a silent Bob utility belt, he puts it on. They go up there, they smash through uh, a window into the building. Meanwhile, with the dual planes of action, uh, the women are revealed to be in cat suits. Uh, and we get a whole bunch of slow mo posing. Like, let's, uh, we're, we know what we're doing here. This is gratuitous because we want gratuity of Shannon Elizabeth completely bent over, rubbing her inner thigh. Like, Jesus Christ. Had to get it across. Exactly. Stretching, guys. Mm-hmm. You have to stretch. Uh, it's important. Gotta stay limber. They're going into the diamond exchange across from Provasic. They have a whole bunch of, uh, they're a girl gang. Again, this is, you're talking about things getting cut down and then feeling out of place or whatever. Like, first off, there's a whole subtext uh, or a whole storyline plot point, I guess, that everyone thinks Jay's a kid when they first see him. And there's a few different points where there's lines of dialogues referencing that kid or whatever like even Tr- mm-hmm. tracy morgan's like you re- i don't know you, the fuck you just said little kid but you reached out you touched your brother's heart like that there was a whole mm-hmm. fucking thing of this of like j- they think based on the way he's dressed that he's a kid Interesting. um then and there's what? another one like you're yeah. talking about with the girl gang of like that not only are they this girl gang they're all like in love with each other right and like to the point of ali larder and jen making out all the time and like their weird sex party afterwards and the girl you know, whatever they have this like all their girl spy shit is very girl spy shit, right? Where the decibel counter is a birth control thing and all these, it's all, you know, hot pink or whatever. They were right there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of what Jay was wearing, he's wearing a berserker t-shirt with the image of Olaf, the Russian metalhead from Clerks. Yep. 
He's also wearing a movies employee uh, shirt underneath that and then a jacket over that because layers for some reason. Layers. Mm -hmm. Um, Movies have layers. They do. Movies have layers. So do onions. Both will make you cry. You know what I mean, Andy? Think about it. Um, they infiltrate the Colorado Diamond Exchange. Uh, they're going in there. They got to be quiet. They got to be fast. Uh, Jen stays outside to have the car ready and running um, and also set a bomb on the old car, the van they were in. Now that Nick's gone, God, I can't. We got to stop talking about dude. Where's my car? All right. Like, it's terrible. And, it's, and I will not watch that in, in any circumstance again. All right. Andy, you're, you're the closest to him. You got to talk him down. Okay. All right. I'll, okay. T- I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Um, meanwhile, on the other plane of action, Jane and Bob are wandering around the testing facility. Uh, they find a trank gun there. Uh, you know, Jay's like, take it for me, Bob. You know, that way we can mean we can get high on the stuff and f- fuck like tone, uh, uh, stone test bunnies, uh, me and Justice after the fact. Um, they find they're looking around at all the different animals. Eventually, one makes a noise. They come back, and it's it's. Uh, well, I don't think we. It's not even revealed yet. It just says Suzanne on the cage, right? Which, if we know our all rats reference, we know what will be. It'll be an orangutan. Duh. Um, Duh. We cut back to the diamond exchange. The classic we'll say, scene from all rats. Right, of course. How can you forget the ending? Uh, we just walked down a road for forever. The entire credits. Um, cut back to the diamond exchange. Uh, they walk into where the diamonds are. They use some of their girl stuff, and it's lasers everywhere. Uh, you know, Elijah Dushku does her weird uh, cat suit gymnastics through. She moves her titties around too before she does it. She gets there and she smacks it like she you know, like she just fucking owned it. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth does it, and then she smacks it, making fun of Elijah Dushku, showing that this girl gang is in trouble you know what i mean and then ali lauder lauder does it as well but she does it like a totally unbelievable whole fantasy running along matrix. the side of the yeah wall. the matrix style right <laughs> yeah. mission impossible 2 status yeah i was thinking what's the uh crouching tiger uh, yeah no, i thought as well uh you think i was gonna say what's the movie we are just referenced uh, <laughs> she lands though and she lets out a fart which sets off Kevin, the decimal meter which sets Kevin, off you're on fire today bro you're you are doing it whose car was it i do want to i do want to note that cool greg popped into twitch chat for like you know the most rare appearance ever right when cool greg pops into twitch chat because he's, he's usually there but it was funny that he typed in he said Whose car was it is the funniest shit I've ever heard ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, was the other dude uh, really that much? Like, I, I know that they were both yeah, in was, the movie, but I really thought it was just Ant- uh, Aston Kutcher's. Like, we got to uh, stop you know? before Nick gets back. Yeah. Where's he been? He's been gone for a long time. Usually he poops <laughs> like an hour yeah. ago. This is weird. Uh, so the alarm goes off. They break the glass. They grab the diamonds. They run outside. They jump in the car. Months of planning. Blown by a fucking fart. They drive away. Meanwhile, and I'm oh no, I skipped a little bit here. Uh, back in the testing lab, uh, they had whatever Suzanne is in the bag, and then Bob was sad, looking around. He's like, I'm, and Jay's like, I know you're sad. But what are we supposed to do? They get the idea, of course. It's a cut scene of them, or a scene of them. It cuts to a scene of them running out. All the animals in the lab rushing out behind them and running off. Uh, Jay, Silent and Bob start running towards uh, the van. However, the cops show up at that point. Like, holy fuck. Uh, before anything can happen there, the van explodes. Um, Jay drops down to his knees and screams, justice. There's this like, justice is dead. Release Jay thanks. Which I think is funny, like opera or whatever about it. Um, that all happens. The girls got away. I forgot how Jay and Silent Bob escaped this situation. Anybody remember? They just uh, run the other yeah, direction. Yeah, they just the run the other direction with the monkey. Perfect. Ape. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now it's in the morning at the thing, and the cops are out there doing their cop thing. And in rolls uh, Marshall Willing Holly, right? 
yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell himself. Uh, he rolls up. He's from the Federal Fish and Wildlife Board or whatever the fuck it is. And he's here to take over this this investigation. He's a complete fucking idiot, of course, right? It's, it's weird. Like, I... I mean, you show me a movie where Will Ferrell plays like a bit part and I'll show yeah. you a movie that I love. I just didn't really feel him in this one. I don't know why. I I, I, I love when he pops up in random shit, but I just it seems like this may have been too early. Will Ferrell that I don't know. It's just the way he acted and presented the character was a little like too much. I don't know. He's a weirdo and he's a complete moron, of course, which we'll find out eventually is why he failed the FBI test and is not an FBI agent instead of Fish and Wildlife. Um, he's here to take over this whole thing. The cops are like, you're a fucking idiot. This has nothing to do with that. It's about the diamonds over there. He's like, sounds like the plot to a bad movie. And they look at the camera. Ha, ha, ha. Um, then there's an interruption from another police officer. He's like, this just arrived. It's a tape they sent. And, and Will Fairgrounds like, does anybody have a VCR? This is where we cut to the room that I star in. My my image in the background of it. Oh, well, of course. They watch this. It, we are the clue. You know, and it's a this whole organization about that they whatever the, the animal terrorist group known as the clit i forget what the breakdown is of it um they watch it's jay's video cut together to make it look like they of course did this and they're terrorists also i mean again think about the luck on this one if you put out a movie august 2001 late august 2001 oh, throwing around a comedy throwing around the words terrorist this much all right god bless you kevin <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> that's how it's gotta go right um and at the end they say uh they say we're going to Hollywood, right? Yeah. They, they, Jay says something about Hollywood, and that's how Will Ferrell knows they're going to Hollywood, I think. Is this where it no, was? I think that later no, uh, somebody pulls like a document. It's like, we found him online. They're online. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. So this is that, uh, the announcement of the Clinton that they're terrorists and all this shit like that. Um, hey, real talk. The clip thing's hilarious. It's really funny. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I also really, really like the intro graphic. That's the, the, the ape, the robotic yeah. ape with the robotic voice. It's cool. Yeah. Um, from there, we jump to the desert where, uh, Jay, Bob and Suzanne are gathered around there. Uh, Jay's freaked out by the monkey. He doesn't know what to do, but it's Justice's monkey. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, he, the monkey obviously starts talking to him and his son, or not talking, but like, you know, motioning and interacting and stuff. So like, they're like, oh my fuck, it's a smart monkey. It's a super smart monkey. Jay has, again, this entire thing of like, let's have another fantasy shoved in here of like, what if this is the beginning of a race of super monkeys, right? And he envisions, he talks about X-Files and then they actually have the smoking man, smoking man from fucking X-Files there with the monkey or whatever, uh, how it's going to begin this race of smart monkeys. How And then it's a Planet of the Apes ripoff of these Planet of the Apes capturing Randall in a field. Uh, then it's Jay B with his used guys at the blown up Statue of Liberty, just like the end of Planet of the Apes, right? Uh, Tim, mm -hmm. did you watch this movie with Cool Greg? Yes. Did he like get visibly excited at this point? He did. Yeah. Cool Greg, right. Big Planet of the Apes fan. Yeah. The original really? Planet of the Apes fan. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow, it's that's cool. Really awesome. Um, so Jay, we come out of the dream sequence and Jay's like, we got to kill the monkey or whatever. He runs over there. He trips. Uh, Suzanne comes in and kisses him, right? Yeah, he kisses him or pats him on the head. I forget what. And Jay's like, all right, cool. Justice died for this monkey, so we should take care of this fucking monkey, I guess. Um... Then it's another – now it's Will and Holly on like a media tour, right, because the the clit's taken off. Jon Stewart drops in here on a green screen <laughs> to be like, hey, let's do talk about the clit and all this stuff. And there's a bunch of jokes about the clit, right? And the, the, their know. offshoot of the labia. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, of course, liberation and, and whatever it is. Yeah, it's fucking funny as hell. <laughs> but basically, you shouldn't approach the clit and want all this other stuff, right, and joking around. Um, yeah, so they're making the rounds on the news. 
And then we go to the house where the girls are throwing their celebration party for their whatever number at the height heist. They're all on their bond. 37th. Yeah. Oh, 37 yeah. dick. Yeah. Uh, they're all there celebrating or whatever. Justice not feeling it. Um, they all start giving Justice shit for not feeling it, mainly that Elijah Dushku, right? Of how this is going on. Just like, you got to grow up sometime. Uh, pizza guy shows up. It's actually Joe Casada from Marvel, hence the joke of Marvelous Pizzas. Um, then, you know, and you know what? Elijah Dushku is like, I need to fuck somebody, so I'm going to fuck you. And he goes up there to fuck her, not charge you for the pizzas. Um, from there now, we're in a diner, right? Jane, Simon, Bob, and Suzanne are in a diner. Uh, they're eating food and Suzanne's eating food and he's, she's feeding silent Bob. They're trying to come up with what the fuck they're going to do and how they're going to get out of this and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I forget how we connected it. I think they're just like, as long as we lay low, nothing will happen. And immediately, uh, is it's where they they were at, uh, at the end of the, the like little talk they have in the wilderness. He's like, let's go get food. And he's like, it's like, no one knows that like, we're like, we stole the monkey. And then they're up the packages of explaining that everybody knows yeah. they stole them. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, the cops are there. The cop the lead cop being who Nick? Uh, Judd, Nel- Judd, Judd uh, Nelson. Nelson, Judd Nelson right. from the breakfast club from who of course got a shot at dogma for being hard. Transformers, animal. the animated movie that we watched yeah. last week. Who was he in Hot Transformers Rod. animated movie? Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Huh? Look at that. Judd Nelson. What a career. I remember him from a tales of the crypt episode where he had this thing where he could hear if he heard you play music and you were going to be like, you could be a megastar. He would get this like intense pain or whatever. And then he would, you know, make you a megastar and then you'd always die tragically. And what had happened was that it was the whole movie. You saw this and you saw the rise and fall of some fucking star he saw and he was trying to change their fate, but he couldn't. And so he came home at the end of the episode because, you know, tales, tales from the crypt. Nick always had like that, you know, like hard ending, like, you know, like, oh, my God, what about it? He came home and his daughter was playing piano and he got it and he was like, oh, fuck. And he's like, I don't want my daughter to have that kind of life. I don't want my daughter to be ruined like this. So he took off his wedding ring, put it in his pocket. And then he said, honey, can you come over here? You have smaller hands. I dropped my wedding ring down the garbage into the sink. And so when she reached down there, he flicked down the garbage disposal. And that's how the episode ended. Uh, that her torn apart and she couldn't play music and she would never have the horrible ending. Wow. That I think did, he, honestly, did he get arrested for this? I think so. Oh, uh, no, because it was an accident. It was an Man, accident. do you much do you know how much it would have sucked when he was like, oh, no, it was in my pocket. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is I as I said it, I'm pretty sure he did that, but I that was a stupid way to do it. Why wouldn't you just put it in the real thing? No, you know, no way to prove that. Well, why does she have to lose her fingers and you lose your ring, you know? Just break her hand. You know what? That's a great point. I would, have done, I would have done the thing where you shut the piano. You know the little door that I was always terrified yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut it real hard, break <laughs> a couple of her fingers. Door. And that's that's a very good point, Nick. It's it's to keep of. the dust off it. But then there's oh. dust on the door. I missed where you said it was an episode of something. I was <laughs> thinking like <laughs> I was, he did this in real life. I was like, what? <laughs> you Dude, thought you I, thought I this man like, was psychic? Well, well, first off, I Google him like, oh fuck, that's the Breakfast Club guy. Oh my god, he looks nothing like that. Like obviously the long hair, he's got like this crazy goatee now. And then you're telling this crazy anecdote. And, and like, and I'm just, and I remember you saying, "Wow, what a great actor!" I was like, "Wow, we celebrated this man, and he, he destroyed his wife." Oh, oh my god, god dude! Holy Did you also shit. think he had a mystical power to hear when people were going to be rock stars, Andy? Did I, you miss I missed that part. I missed that <laughs> missed part. Yeah, part yeah. I, I missed that part. <laughs> well, because I, I was googling you. him. Well, because I guess I was. But I feel confused. like that was a big part of of that yeah, like last I, bit story. I was mm-hmm. mostly fascinated by the fact that anybody would name their kid Judd. And I was like, Judd clearly he's got to have a real name. And it's just Judd. 
It just sounds like an onomatopoeia. It sounds like a thump for a <laughs> yeah, or a hey, chop some weird a, noise that's happening. Yeah, good. Hey, hey, Greg. Yeah. Just looking it up, you'll be happy to know that if you have a Hulu subscription, you can watch Dude Wears My Car for free. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> you were gonna say the John Nelson Tales of the Crypt episode, <laughs> but no. <laughs> No, I mean, is, that, Greg, is that where you went when you were gone for 30 minutes earlier? <laughs> 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 All right. So here's we have to do a few uh, a retraction here because I want you to know how it went. Right. Is that I said all that. And then I was like, there was another great Tales from the Crypt episode that had Christopher Reeve and, and uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it where they they sold human flesh. They fed it to people. But then when I Googled that to find out that episode's name, I found out, in fact, it was Judd Nelson in that episode. Uh, in which I was like, wait, was Judd Nelson in two fucking banger episodes of Tales from the Crypt? One with Superman, Christopher Reeve? And no. I, so Tales from the Crypt, What's Cooking is the episode where Christopher Reeve and Judd Nelson cook human beings. Then there was a TV movie called Strange Frequency. That was a horror anthology that had the Judd Nelson piano episode. I'm talking about it. Got it. So I apologize sense. to everyone. Good I to don't know. want to I mean, leave you people- Greg, that's why people listen to this podcast. For that's in the business right here because I'll keep it honest. I'll never lie like some do about dudes. Where's my car? Uh, mm-hmm. Outside though, Judd Nelson is like, "Come on outside with the fucking monkey. We know you're in there with the monkey." Uh, Will Ferrell shows up and he's like, "I'm here. I'm in charge now." And they're like, "You fucking suck." And he's like, "No, I'm in charge." He takes the he takes the megaphone. He's like, "Come on out with the monkey." And like, we need to come up with the cleverest plan possible to leave with this monkey. And Jay looks at a kid and steals all of that kid's clothes, leaving that kid naked and afraid inside but- of his diner. What he was about to say is like I'm not a kid, like as to to imply that he like he's not as smart as a child, right? I don't know what you're referencing right now. I'm sorry, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Like what he says right before he looks at the kid, it it doesn't matter though. It's just what what a weird line. Well, again, if you remember what I was talking about, there was a whole subtext to this that Jay was being mistaken as a kid the entire time. I don't believe you. That seems that that doesn't make like he's tall. that I don't is usually lie it's stupid in, in review. But watching this movie, I was confused at how many references there were to people calling him a kid. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? And if there's more story to that, it, it was unnecessary. I hate it. Well, I'm Googling it for you. I'm well, let me get to the bet. We get to the best scene here. And I want to tell you guys how how just back in the day, if you put Will Ferrell in, he would just elevate everything. And it sucks because he's so much better than everyone else Wait. in this movie that you almost want him to be the lead. Wait, really quick. In the chat, all that juice says it's like Tim's blonde joke. But I'm looking at Tim right now, and his hair looks completely so blonde. blonde in this lighting. Blonde. Blonde. Completely blonde, right blonde in this lighting. You look like Shakira. You look like Shakira. Whatever, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> Jay, Silent Bob, and Suzanne walk out with Suzanne being uh, dressed as this kid now, except still clearly an orangutan. Like, under no circumstances, it's a child and not an orangutan because it fucks around and does orangutan-y things. Tim, you look like uh, a Dobe brother. You look like the fifth That's a really good compliment, Tim. No matter how hard he tried, I I got insulted, Andy. Yeah. I'm conflicted. Um, That was meant to be a compliment. Judd Nelson immediately sees through this, of course, and is like, no, that is obviously clearly a a monkey. And uh, Will Ferrell immediately jumps to like, listen, I don't want you. This is this could blow. This will be a PR fiasco if we stop this uh, gay couple and their kids uh, from being. It might not be my lifestyle, but it's a lifestyle choice nonetheless. And, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Jay's got a line of like, you wouldn't want us going back to our liberal cities with tales of persecution from your smaller state or whatever the hell he says. (laughs) 
and, and they're like, no, no. Will Ferrell's like, no, no, no. Fucking the Jed, they won't listen to Jed. Uh, and so they let them walk off all of three feet on one side. And literally as soon as they clear the diner, Will Ferrell's like, fuck, that was them, wasn't it? Uh, Jane and the Bob think they got away with it. They didn't. They take off running. Uh, there's a million bullets flying through the air now as they've just opened fire on them and this innocent monkey. Um, they see a sewer pipe. Uh, Jay dives down it. Suzanne dives down it. Uh, Bob goes to dive down it and gets stuck in it like Winnie the Pooh. Uh, they're shooting at him. Uh, Jed Nelson's like, fire a warm- warning shot into his bulbous ass. <laughs> uh, finally, as the shot goes and again misses, uh, Bob is thrown down there. Jay says, like Winnie the Pooh. Um... They start making their way through these sewer tunnels. Uh, the cops and Will and Holly run up there. And Will and Holly's like, I'm going to go down there by myself, corner them. Once I do, I'll radio for backup. They're all like, okay. Will and Holly does a really shitty job getting down there. And finally, Judd Nelson's like, fuck this guy and this thing. Who wants to go cornhole us some drunks? And they're all like, yeah. So they go back to Wait, the state. What's your definition of cornholing? Are they going to go rape a bunch of people in prison right now? Yeah, right? I think Jesus. so. Jesus. Yeah. Intense. Uh, they, uh, James on the Bob are going, they eventually come to the end of like Hoover Dam or whatever is where they are in this damn pipe. Uh, <laughs> while they are making, figuring out that situation, uh, Marshall, Marshall Will and Holly, uh, approaches them. Like we got a Tommy Lee Jones fugitive moment here, uh, telling them to turn around, put your hands above your heads and get on your knees kind of thing. He's going to make us suck them off. No, wait, nobody's no. They're, and he's like, nobody's getting. It's not. It's nobody's getting sucked off. At which point, Suzanne has put her. Well, her. What do you, Kevin? What do you call her legs? I guess. But her. What do you call those paws? Her paws. Hey, those paws? are hands. Right. Those are monkey on hands. Her feet? No. They have two sets of hands. Yeah, they got hands. Yeah, hands. <laughs> hands. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're long uh, they're and stretchy. So her bottom hands are on the pipe. Sorry, and her they top don't hands stretch up, and they grab up onto Jane's on the Bob's hands. They yank them over the side. We think they've fallen. So does Will and Holly. Will and Holly's like, "Oh man, these guys are ballsy. I like their style." He runs and he jumps off the thing, and as he rotates, Jay yells at him, "Ah, fuck you!" or whatever. And Will and Holly's like, "No," and says something else, and he falls into the water. Uh, is this where 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 were we here, t- uh, Nick? With your this is uh, Will Ferrell's best moments. Oh, I just think Will Ferrell. Just I love this a, one. Yeah. Yeah, just as a uh, just as in general as a character is great in this. And this oh, is yeah. when he was like, I think he was very popular because he was an, he was still maybe on SNL back then, but he yeah. hadn't quite hit Will Ferrell like I can actually be, be a lead in the movie yet. Sure. So they would just this is back in the day when you just pepper in a little Will Ferrell if you wanted to take that the the your movie up to like eleven. Sure, that makes sense. Um, Jane and the Bob climb and Suzanne climb to the top of the dam. Uh, Suzanne way in front of them. By the time Jane by the time Jane and the Bob surface, uh, a station wagon has picked up Suzanne is driving away with a sign on the back that says "Critters of Hollywood." Um, Jay freaks out. There's no way for us to know where they are taking Suzanne now. Bob does this pantomiming charades shit you were talking about earlier of the sign. He keeps trying to go sign Hollywood. Jay's giving him shit and does the thing of like, you know, I saw that fucking Amy story. You can't just, you can't say, uh, I forgot what the first part is, or damn, these are some good cheese fries. At which point Bob finally grabs them and screams, the sign says critters of Hollywood, you fucking idiot or whatever. Uh, say it, don't spray it. And they start walking um now we jump back to the police station where i guess they've cornholed some drunks and are sitting around there uh reminiscing how stupid will and holly is with his and might i add what a lovely family you have will and holly walks in soaking wet turns his head over water falls out of it um he says uh something they have a little bit of conversation and then there's a reveal yes that they have these printouts of uh, the chats from the message board 
uh, we're, you're going to eat your shit and it'll be made up of our shit and then you'll shit out our shit, which is made of our shit. And we, oh, we're going to Hollywood then. They're going to Hollywood. Hollywood, we know where they're going. Um, from there, we are into Hollywood. Uh, the Hollywood sign, the palm trees, everything you'd expect from La La Land, Andy. Uh, and then it's a Jeep with Silent Bob in the back and a pretty girl driving it. Uh, and then Jay comes up from eating her out because he's following the unwritten uh, <laughs> road. And then he gets out and Bob kind of gives him a look and he's like, what justice is dead it's not like i'm cheating or anything um they wander through the streets of hollywood trying to figure out how they're going to get to figure out where this movie is being made they cross paths with two gentlemen uh one of which is tracy morgan and says you want some you want some crack or whatever i forget what he sells crack, he says okay crack, crack, crack. crack and he's like no, you want some... i don't know i should know right? when, I, when i looked at the, him like i guess i should know this guy the guy with him has got to be some like kevin friend smith's of guy. kevin smith's or like an executive uh, i think who i think he's a comedian he didn't act at, or I mean, obviously. I mean, he, he was there. His, his silent Bob, right? He's supposed to be his silent Bob, but the, just his expressions and the way he reacted stuff showed me that this guy's never been on camera ever before. I just thought, I, like to I, think think that, I like to think that in the View of Scootiverse world, every drug dealer has a sidekick who doesn't talk. That's yeah. just like what you have to have if you want to be in the union. It's like a exactly. sniper and a spotter. They bust out their cards. They are uh, both local, Jersey local, LA local, talking about if you're getting healthcare out there, no, we might have to strike. <laughs> it's a funny it's little so exchange, funny. right? So and it's and Jay lays it all out of what's going on, right? And just explains the entire thing. And then Tracy Morgan's line that I remember so well because it was on the soundtrack. But like, I don't know what the fuck you just said, little man. But you reach out, you touch your brother's heart. Um, he's going to help him find it. He he knows everything that's going on in Hollywood, right? Do you know? And there's been a lot of Miramax jokes, by the way, too. We left all that out because we're just recapping this thing. But yeah, do you know? where the Miramax lot is Miramax they make up 70% of my business um so Jay and Silent Bob know they need to head to Miramax uh back in uh, the all-girl gang bangathon or whatever Justice is still pouting with the diamonds she's watching TV uh it's E right where they're like is Jay or is Hollywood ready for Jay and Silent Bob some guy I don't remember from E but he was the thing I don't watch E much E I remember that guy I, I remember that guy yeah I didn't he's too. like there's the you know the clit the bad guys are on the move. They put up this crazy thing and they found this chat log. Now it says they're going to Hollywood, but nobody knows what Jane Silent Bob look like. Right. Jules. And they cut to Jules Asner. Who's out there. Another e-corn spot. Is she related to Ed Asner? Does anybody know that? Anybody? I anybody? imagine so. I can look it up. Thank you. Um, and she <laughs> gives you, a whole report on it of like, yeah, you know, security's tight around here, but the problem is nobody knows what Jane Silent Bob actually even look at look like. Sorry. So, and as she's saying all this, of course, Jane Silent Bob walk in the background. Justice sees this freaks out she at this point i think says fuck it grabs the diamonds and leaves um jane and the bob yeah are mugging for the camera or whatever and then they after the jules things end. or yeah yeah that makes sense yeah jules asner's thing ends um and now jane and the bob would need to get inside the miramax uh, studio on the lot and it's just, well, we gotta it's a good one i think i'm just like all right we gotta play this just right and bob nods and they just both whistle and walk along the security and then just do a dead sprint or whatever and then that <laughs> I always fuck up his name. Diedrich Barrington. Is that right, Nick? Diedrich Bake. Diedrich. Dieter. I think it's. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Yeah. The voice uh, of Batman. And one of the voices of Batman. And also. Diedrich I No, Dieter. I think it's Dieter. Oh, or no. Something. Oh, my God. God damn it. I'm on two. Never now. mind. I got to When you're ready for the Jules Asner recap, I have. Give me. Well, yeah. You can give me that if you want. Okay. So she uh, was married to Ed Asner's son. Oh, okay. Was? So 1992 to 1996, she was married oh. to Matthew Asner, son of Ed Asner, which I assume is where she got the name. She was born Julie Ann White. Diedrich Bader. 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 Well, it sucks. You, you think you're rock what? from the sun guy? No. No, he's in everything. No, that's and French it's so weird. Stewart. I don't, 
There yeah. we go. Who was in an episode of that 70s show that I watched last night where he tried to win a car by keeping his hand on it. Um, Did he get it? No, uh, uh, that ended up. It was between him and Kelso, and Jackie came to uh, berate Kelso, but then she was so annoying that French Stewart decided to like he had to yell at her and he took his hand off the car. But he catheterized himself beforehand and peed into one of those Gatorade bottles. Mm. Wait, did no, Ashton Kutcher catheterized- get the car? Ashton Kutcher did get the car. Yes. <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. sounds familiar. It's a nice VW Bug. Mm-hmm. God, I know, right? Nick's got this fucking third one in this episode. He lost his car. And then Scott's <laughs> like, dude, where's your car? And he goes, where's my car, dude? And then he goes, dude, where's your car? And he goes, Nick finally got there. Car, dude. <laughs> dude, where's your car? Diedrich Bader gives chase to the guys. Um, Whose car was it? Does he... He doesn't immediately catch him, right? Because I know we're about to go through a million different things, but I know he does eventually get caught, and then they knock him out. But that's the ending of it, right? On this one, they... Well, first they go to Goodwill Hunting, too. No, no that's okay. after. No. That's after he gets caught. So he he catches them pretty quick. Because let's just he shove it all together. He catches and he, this is the oh what a lovely tea party where right. yeah, yeah. He's like, that's you know, where he's that like, crescendos. This is more of the gay jokes, right? Of yeah, like you, you know, if you let us go, uh, this guy will suck you off. He's like, despite what you may have heard, not everyone in Hollywood is gay. And he goes, all right, well, what about this then? You, he sucks me off, and you get to jerk off and wash. He's like, all right, come over here. And he puts him down. He's like, and when you finish, you say, oh, what a lovely tea party. And so Bob is about to suck Jay's dick. Jay knocks out Diedrich, uh, and he's like, can't we about to suck my dick? You and Jay and Bob's like, no, it wasn't. And he leaves. And Bob looks at the camera. He's like, I was about to suck your dick. Um. We run through a bunch of Miramax stuff here. Yeah, like we said. Uh, one of them being... Do we go from to Scream last? Or is that in here? Because that's in here, obviously. I think it's last. But a fact I have about that is Selma Hayek was originally going to reprise her role as Serendipity, the muse from Dogma, um, working on the Miramax lot. Uh, but due to scheduling conflicts, she had to drop out. And there was a painting of her at the start of the Scream 3. Oh. oh, that's cool. Oh. Anyways, let's just toss in there. Scream 3 stuff happened. Well, I guess that's when they get back Suzanne. So that's the end of this mission. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Goodwill Hunting. I thought there was a stop before then. There was a couple of little ones, weren't there? But anyways, the Goodwill Hunting, they bust onto set thinking it's going to be, uh, in fact, uh, they know that it's a Ben Affleck, uh, Matt Damon project. They're like, well, they already heard earlier that they, from Ben Affleck, but as uh, Holden, that they put them in everything, right? So this has got to be James Hunt, Bob Strike Back. They get on set. They're all set to make their move, three, two, one. But then at the last second, it's called, they call, all right, shooting now on Goodwill Hunting 2, hunting season. Um, they clap. Well, this is the lemon face. Lion face. Ah, you're making fun of Ben Affleck's uh, uh, died tips or whatever. Um, no, oh, I think his, in, remember, in, in, his tip. died tips, frosted tips. Oh. Uh, Diedrich Baker also had called Bader had already called in, right? That he had a whatever. And they, what was that another dead uh, hooker in Ben Affleck's tra- trailer? No, that's a whatever the hell it is. It's this one. I like um, the joke. He was like, ah, yeah, no, that's why I seeded it, right? Yeah. Uh, then it starts and it's, uh, yeah, Goodwill Hunting, uh, to sequel or whatever with the same guy who the How About Them Apples guy, uh, right. of course, same bar, all this different stuff. But like to Kevin's point, Ben F like chewing the scenery and being this weird. Well, I don't like them apples. Will I'm like I don't know what it, you're doing here. I don't know why this is happening. It kind of made me want to rewatch Goodwill Hunting because I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's like maybe Ben Affleck's ca- character was an he's idiot because like I remember. No, he's like but that. he's not like a student. He's the I think it's just like. The idea was that this, like, Good- Goodwill Hunting was, like, a legit movie, and this is just a money grab, as they keep cutting back to Gus Van Sant, who was a yeah, real yeah, yeah, He's just ca- literally counting his money. So the idea was that this movie was 
Goodwill Hunting Two was such a fucking money grab yeah, that no, nobody I, gave a shit about it, and when and he was uh, fucking Ben Affleck was just acting like I, that. I understood the idea of it. I just wanted to see if there were any reasons why Ben Affleck was like, "I'm gonna like, go over the top yeah, this time." Like that I wonder, I wanted to be in this, and it was just it was gonna turn yeah. into a fucking action horror or action movie or whatever, and they thought it was just sauce, bitch. Like you wonder if Ben Affleck was like playing a character of himself in that. I see what you're coming from, Kev. I I thought I thought a lot of this was like pretty funny i i enjoyed the the over the top dumb bullshit you know what was interesting about it was watching it when it's all going on i'm like jen's like what is this a reference to i was like oh you've never seen goodwill hunting and i'm like oh well then yeah this three minutes is just garbage (laughs) you don't understand what the fuck's going on (laughs) because it's not this movie i'm like we should watch goodwill hunting it's very good they they had won the academy award during dogma Dogma, So they were at this point they were both breaking, but like that what's hilarious is like that they they dressed the dude up, the blonde guy up in the same like bad wig and the same college. And I love that back and forth where he's like, now I've read books you haven't even heard of. Yeah, it's a sequel. It's an actual sequel within this movie. I wonder if if, uh, Kevin Smith wanted like something else from Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck's like, you're getting what you're getting, doc. Like, I'm I'm big shit. He's just doing it to torture him. Yeah. He's like, cut, please, man, don't do that voice. (laughs) Ben Affleck. Didn't they have like a falling out like after this? Yeah, but we all know that was Jennifer Garner's fault. Huh? I don't know. It's true, isn't it? I I think supposedly it was Jennifer Garner's fault where she was like, you got to stop hanging out with Kevin Smith. Because he's a loser and he smokes too much weed. Um, but back to this, the scene, yeah, James and Bob walk off at one point, and like <laughs> Scott Mosier is there again, running the thing with the you know headset. He pushes them back on stage. Uh, that scene ends though, and or no, it, uh, this is when the security guard busts back in. He's like, I'm sorry to interrupt. We have a whatever uh, on the, uh, uh, he reads on 1082 on the set or uh, whatever. And Matt Damon's like, Jesus, Ben again. He's like, I know. <laughs> jokes on you. I wasn't with a hooker this morning. <laughs> Good uh, fun jokes from that. Uh, and then uh, that's when uh, they're like, there they are. And uh, Jay does the run in, but he's like, Ben Affleck, you were the bombs and bomb and phantoms, yo. Again, a call back to the very beginning, which is a fun scene as well. Love that joke. Yeah. Ben Affleck with the bomb and fans. Affleck, you the bomb and fans. Uh, this is where they run and give chase. This might be when they, yeah, I think, mm, yeah, they cut. This is, yes, here, now we're caught up. Now we're caught up. Now we're caught up. Now we're caught up. This is when, yeah, they run through Scream. This is when the killers, it's Shannon Doherty from Mallrats. Uh, it's actually Wes Craven, the, you know, uh, director of Scream and uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, the killers revealed to be the orangutan, Suzanne. Uh, Jay and Bob grab Suzanne. They run off with him. Um, the security is giving chase throughout the set deleted scene here. Another callback to uh, mall rats. Uh, when security starts running away, Diedrich Bader stops and comes back and goes, Brenda. And she yells at him, calls him a dick again. Um, Jane and the Bob run outside. They run into the fake wall. They fall down. The wall moves. They run and get a bike. Uh, they ride the, yeah, they ride the bike. They're getting chased by the bad guys. Uh, yeah, uh, they're going, they eventually get launched off something. It's like Amblin Entertainment's ET logo. They crash through a window and it, they, it turns out that they are in the dressing room of Jason Biggs and, uh, Dawson. Uh, fantastic. Fucking yeah, fantastic. Great yeah. review. And they stand that. up and they're all, they're dressed exactly the same. Cause it turns out that, uh, Vanderbeek and, uh, the pie fucker are in fact, uh, playing Jane Silent Bob. One of my favorite parts of this whole movie is the ongoing commentary about how he fucked a pie and it's haunting him. It's yeah. like that's all he's like. He's like, I I did this, this, and this. Yeah, and yeah. All of we fucking. Nice job, loser. Yeah. 
so yeah. far, which is true, by the way. Like that probably totally. that, that probably put him on a career path that he didn't necessarily want to be on. I do, but, yeah, like that. I'll, I love how all that happens, and then there's that one where they're like, "Get over here, pie fucker!" I forgot the exact line, but like the fact that they call him pie fucker really gets yeah, yeah, yeah. so messed up. But yeah, that's the thing is you're talking about. Yeah, Jason Biggs is noticed immediately by Jay as the pie fucker, and that, uh, he talks about that. Then Vanderbeek pulls his stuff off, and it's like, "Oh my god, you're the Dawson." <laughs> the Dawson, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a fun, there was a fun, there were a couple of fun meta references here, right? Of like asking if he ever actually got to third base with Shannon Elizabeth, who of course is justice it. in this movie or whatever. Then uh, making fun of Pacey and all this other shit or whatever. Uh, eventually, though, Jay and Bob turn around to figure out the plan to stop them. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Vanderbeek and uh, Jason continue to bicker about all sorts of stuff and acting chops and uh, go to hell, Pacey, which is a great, very. That's a time capsule if you remember the fucking Dawson's Creek, but it doesn't play much now. Uh, however, though, eventually uh, Suzanne beats them both up, rendering them unconscious. Um, Jay and Bob are victorious, which is great. But there's a knock at the door where it is, in fact, security again saying, hey, uh, excuse me, Mr. Biggs, Mr. Vanderbeek, uh, we think they've crashed into your room. And Bob's like, to Jay, like, do anything. And Jay's like, oh, yeah, it's us. And yeah, they're here. And uh, can we come in and get them? No, we kicked their asses. Uh, we're totally kicked. Okay, that's great, sirs. Can we come in and get them? No, we're completely naked, butt naked. And this is another one where there's a couple times where I think Jay breaks and they leave it in. He's like, all right, well, you guys get a, a second to clean up, get cleaned up, and then we'll come back and do it or whatever. Uh, they're like, how are the fuck are we going to get out of this one? Uh, there are costumes labeled Blunt Man and Chronic on the wall, which they turn and pull. Um, we now go to set where Chris Rock is revealed as Chaka, uh, who will be the director of this motion picture and just has a rant about how uh, it's it's like the non-endearing Hooper X of just like this whole like, you know, the power shift of racial politics inside of Hollywood and stuff. But again, it's like it doesn't work for me because I know Kevin wrote this. So it's like, what is going on? Like, what you know what I mean? Like, whatever. But Chris Rock's the black director on this movie. He doesn't care about it. Jamie Kennedy comes with coffee. He's like, are there boogers in it? Is it no, it's fine. Is there any drinks in it? Just get to, taste the book of flavor. Uh, but it's all this stuff back and forth. Just again, this weird insert of like, I want to, I want an angry black director driving this. Okay, cool. Or directing this. Okay, cool. That so we get a whole bunch of this, him yelling. Like there was I do like the line though of uh, when Jamie Kennedy's like, whatever you want, you're the man. He's like, no, you're the man. And that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, that goes on for a while though. It's in, uh, I should point out that nobody gives a shit about this flick. It is what they were worried about. Right. Uh, Chaka doesn't care about it. He has a bunch of white women in his trailer that he wants to fuck that he's doing the parts for. Uh, Jason Biggs doesn't know his character's name or anybody else's names. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff and it's just all over the place in this thing. Um, Jay and Silent Bob are then brought to set as Blunt Man and Chronic. Everybody thinks they're uh, the real actors. Uh, Shaka comes over to talk to them, and they don't give a shit about him. He's like, what he doesn't give a shit about them and the script and everything else. He's like, we're, here's how it works. I'm going to film it. You're going to say it. We're, I'm going to go back to my fucking trailer. Um, meanwhile, uh, Biggs and uh, Vanderbeek have been arrested as Jay and Silent Bob, at which point Jason Biggs is like, I'm the pie fucker, yeah. like trying to claim his credit so he <laughs> won't get arrested or whatever. Um they start the recording and you know <laughs> nobody knows what to do and jay just goes uh snoozy boochies at which point the wall explodes cock knocker comes out who is in fact mark hamill of course doing this weird mashup of uh luke skywalker joker uh prankster right from uh, uh flash yeah. and all that shit yeah um and so they do the applause Mark Hamill thing, totally stop the thing. Uh, then he turns on his his dildo, which is a lightsaber. He no, it's actually before then, right? Where he's like, "Why are they Wait, calling you cock knocker?" Well, they're not dildos, are they? Punches. 
Uh, cock knockers is a dildo. Yes. Oh yeah. Is it's it? Vibe. I thought it cock was a knockers vibrator. Uh, he punches uh, uh, Jay in the dick. He collapses. Uh, at this point, there's a standoff. He turns on his dildo lightsaber and goes, boom, comes on out. At which point, uh, then... Jesus uh, Christ. That What a fucking sentence and motion you just did. Yeah, it's how it works, man. Dildo lightsaber just goes, boom. <laughs> it has like a wiggle to it, you know what I mean? Uh, at which point, uh, Bob uses his Jedi mind trick from all rats to grab the lights, the bong saber off the wall that's ex- experimental. He turns it on. Uh, they have a lightsaber duel here. Tim, how's this action work for you? It works perfectly. That's why yeah. I like this movie. It's just like they understand their limitations and they go in on them. Yeah, uh, so they do a lightsaber battle for a while there. Um, they're having a good time fighting or whatever. Uh, eventually, though, Bob is thrown back on a pedestal. It spins around. What well, he seems like he's knocked down. Uh, Jay comes out with Darth balls and is a double-sided bong lightsaber. Uh, him and uh, Mark Hamill go at it for a while. Um, they start. They're fighting or whatever. At some point, you know, Mark Hamill's like, you know, this wasn't in the script. Chaka, call him off. Yada yada yada. Uh, Jay stops mid fight too and, and smokes out of one side of the bong saber, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, eventually, though, he cuts off uh, Mark Hamill's hand. Who looks at the camera and just goes, "Not again." Um, and that's a cut. He's out of here. He's not going to be a part of this shit. Yada yada yada. Um, at this point, Will and Holly shows up and is like, "They're under arrest uh, for doing all this stuff." Then Shannon Elizabeth shows up and she's like. No, they didn't do anything. We stole these diamonds. It was this thing. At which point the girl gang shows up and they're like, fuck you, Justice. <laughs> it all escalates and culminates out of the blue in this thing. Um, and they're like, no, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And uh, oh, I left off the part, by the way, that Banky Edwards is on set in his same outfit again from uh, Chasing Amy. He tried to li- ch- talk to Chaka. It wasn't happening. Um, then they also get into a gunfight. Uh, Chaka runs away. Uh Blunt Man and Chronic, Jane, Son, and Bob get behind their car. Uh, Banky Edwards come over, thinking he's about to talk to uh, Dawson and the Pie Fucker. It is not them, of course. It is Jane, Son, and Bob. What the fuck are you doing here? Multiple planes of actions. Um, you know, a nice moment of uh, meta where Will Ferrell's shooting at the girl gang. And is like, why are we shooting each other? Two reasons. <laughs> We're walking, talking, bad girl cliches, and we hate men. <sighs> Uh, that continues on. We cut back to Jane, Silent Bob. Wait, does he where... cut back to Will Ferrell and he's like, "I do too" or something? No, um, yeah, he has a great joke where he's like, "She's like, we're something only on about the only being on the outside." He's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "I yeah." Know he's I like, "It's something." Yeah, you're right. It's something off that I hate. Uh, something about men like you or whatever. Or he's in. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, we cut back to Jane, Silent Bob, and Banky's like, "I don't give a fuck what you guys want. That's not my problem." And Bob's like, "Oh, I think it is." cut back to more of the fucking gun battle from two feet away where nobody's getting hit uh go oh jay uh meanwhile sorry elijah dushku and shannon elizabeth are fighting they have this whole i could beat you with this style i could beat you with this style i could be bitch not your man they fucking just wrestle and you know cat fight on the ground um bob lays it all out explaining likeness rights and how they're owed all this different money because of the way i sold yada yada blah blah blah, blah, blah. um uh that happens and then uh, Shannon Elizabeth beats Eliza Dushku, right? And throws her on top of the other girls who both, they all three get knocked out because of it. I forget what action leads up to that. That's why. <laughs> Nailed what it. That's what happens. <laughs> um, and that's a wrap on the big fight scene here. Um, now we get, oh, I left off the fact that uh, uh, Justice Barter to deal with Will and Holly. Oh, yeah, because he got shot in the ass with the dart gun. He thought he was paralyzed. He wasn't. She barters a deal that for a lesson sentence and making sure Jane and Bob don't get anything, she'll turn over the D, the diamonds and flip on everybody. And then, you know, he'll get an FBI because of it. 
Okay. And they're like, great. That's how it'll work. That's what we're getting out of it. So we get out of that to, it's all on the set. We're still on the set. Um, uh, Shannon Elizabeth kisses Jay. She's put into the cop car, you know, wait for me, boo boo, kitty fuck, all that stuff. Like, she's um, like, here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're with Suzanne. Um, they drive her away. Uh, Banky Edwards and Bob get a th- scene here. This is the scene, too, where it's like the set's returning to normal and we get the guy from Mallrats with that steel beam I was talking about walking by, which that's I just didn't trust. Literally a movie built for me and everybody who's obsessive about these movies, right? Of just like, you loved all these stupid things you remember us talking about on the DVD. We'll put them in the fucking, or the commentaries. We'll put them in the fucking movie for you. Um, and so, yeah, uh, this is then, you know, where Banky's like, you know, uh, cool. You know, what are you gonna do with all your free time now, or whatever? And yeah, they, there's still people talking shit about the internet, or whatever. And, and, and well, you know, a million dollars or whatever they have can buy a lot of plane tickets. And this is the, the how many people want to kick some ass montage of them drive, uh, you know, flying to different cities and then walking up. Are you Magnolia fan? Or did you post on Movie Pooch? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you first of three of them are just small kids and the yeah. last <laughs> priest. Yeah, and then some dude, at, some dude at his fucking like a uh, desk or whatever, desk yeah. job doing that or whatever. Um, so they do all that, and then we jump to uh, the I think it's the Jersey Theater. I'm not sure. Uh, the pan down of it was the premiere of Blunt Man and Chronic, and everybody coming out of it. Is it LA? It's the, it's the El Rey Theater. El Rey, which Morgana. is technically not a movie theater. It's a um, concert oh, venue. Oh, which gotcha. they, they, the inside when we see them all performing the Jungle Love song, yeah, that's actually in the El Rey. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, but everybody starts coming out and talking about the movie and, you know, everybody hates it. Uh, Walt Flanagan and Steve Dave come out and he's like, you tell him Steve Dave, stop saying that because <laughs> every movie there's a reference to it. Um, yeah, like you said earlier, Trish, The Dish Jones and Alicia, Alyssa Jones come out. They're talking about it, how bad that was. Typical male fantasy, yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah, thank goodness Holden had the good sense to keep his name off it. Why didn't they make his other book, Chasing Amy? That would never work as a movie. I like that reference in terms of navel gazing. Like, I didn't like the one... Um, I didn't like when she starts when like at least it was better than wall rats or whatever. I was like, man, I didn't need that. Um, yeah, Hooper X and uh, 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 Brody. No, no, Hooper and uh, 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 Banky come out, uh, and Banky's like, you know, mystified that they destroyed it. Makes a, a gay joke against Hooper, but Hooper's like, wait, they're in a relationship. It turns out. Um, and then finally, what Jane's on the Bob come out. I, oh no, it was Will Ferrell and Justice come out, and they're like, it was fantastic. I love the movie a lot. He's in an FBI outfit. She's in cuffs, obviously. Um, she wants him to loosen the cuffs. He won't do it. Um, Jane and Silent Bob come out. And they're like, all right, now it's time for the after party featuring the greatest da- band of honor. And they look right at the camera. Morris Day in the time. And it's a live concert from Morris Day in the time up there as we pan around the audience and see everybody celebrating and stuff. Again, meant to be the send off to the Views Hue universe. Um, eventually, Morris uh, invites Jane and Silent Bob up there. They dance. Um, you know, they have a good time up there. And uh, we freeze frame on Jane and Silent Bob. Uh, then credits roll. Um, as we go through the credits, we get to the end. And then rather than getting Jane and Silent Bob, we'll return in. We get Jane and Silent Bob have left the building, at which point we then get a giant book that is the Views Hue book that says the end. Uh, the god alanis morissette shuts it it's got the vsq universe written on it she picks it up and then she dances off and that's the end or is it or is it ladies and gentlemen andy Se- uh, haiku seven syllables in the middle you need five for the first and last line if you're not poetic no need to fret it haikus don't need to rhyme haiku, haiku in review in review haiku, haiku in review in review Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to leave your review in haiku form. Andy, for the last like five weeks, 
I always tell you, do Ragu Bagu, and then you start doing Haiku in review. So this is the first week I was like, I'm just going to let him do what he wants, and then you didn't do it. You didn't I mean, let we me all, down, Big Tom. We always say it's always been a Haiku before Ragu, though. That's that's what's been throwing me off. I'm just it so shouldn't weird. be. If, if that was the case, because I like to do the reviews before we review. But also, mm. I have no consistency. I'm fucking Tim Gettys. You guys okay. can go to Patreon.com. It's kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, um, just like not many of you did. Uh, but Daniel Edmonds did. He says, I may have been drunk, but this movie is perfect. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Farrell. <laughs> um, and then Bumble Boy Wonder says, Waiting Since Small Rats. It's all about fan service. Suzanne the Monkey. <laughs> sure. There you go. That's it. That's all we got for the reviews. <laughs> okay. Let's do yeah. Ragu what's up everybody welcome to rad guys talk bad guys the podcast within a podcast where we rank all the villains of the view askew universe i'm one of your hosts greg alongside andy hey greg kevin hey tim birthday what's boy. Up? nick dude where's my car <laughs> car dude uh so first we need to decide who is the villain of Jane on the Bob strike back and then rank them right now. The current rankings of volume nine of Radu Gragu is number one, the trio from dogma number two, Holden and his male insecurity from chasing Amy number three, Shannon slash Michael Rooker from all rats and number four, Dante, his own worst enemy from clerks. Uh, Nick Scarpino, who is the villain of Jane? Mm, mm, this is a tough one. There's not really one. Uh, the antagonist, but I'll, I'll say the girl gang is probably, the closest thing because they're the ones kind of putting them in hot water and then also maybe mirror max for making the movie that's going to ruin their life i don't know is it not the mm. internet for bullying them yeah maybe maybe a little bit that might be will and holly's chasing them, you know what i mean he's putting the yeah, but will and holly's a sweet man he ends up being good <laughs> he's a man. sweet man i agree <laughs> you can do will and holly if you want sure i say we just put Na and we can put it at number five. <laughs> like, who's sounds who's good. Who's sounds really good. Yeah, this is less about that and more just about like what you guys talked about, which is shenanigans and having fun and having these vignettes of scenes with all the actors that came through. Like uh, my one of my favorite things that I don't remember having watched the first time, but when Shannon Elizabeth pops up and scream whatever, she's like, "Really, Wes? This is where we're at, and the fucking monkey's the bad guy." <laughs> like, oh, Shannon Doherty, yeah, 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 yeah. Doherty, excuse me, not Shannon. You're not even trying anymore. The test audience is show monkey. People love monkeys. All right, then volume nine is uh, that's a wrap for this episode. Number five now is Na Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Cool, great, cool, love that. Um, now it's time to rank the the cinematic universe. Where do we what do we think about this one? What are the standings right now? The standings currently are number one, Dogma. Number two, Chasing Amy. Number three, Clerks. And number four, Mall Rats. I, I stand by what I said at the beginning of the show. For me, it's dead last. And I don't mean it as a bad movie or like it's, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's an enjoyable, like we're talking about Dude Wears My Car and comedy. It's from that era. It's what it's trying to achieve and it achieves that. But I don't, I think when we're ranking the View Askew universe, like I just don't think. It, it it holds a candle to anything else it does in terms of touchstone characters i care about uh, a story that does i mean we can't even find the bad guy in this it's just like a bunch of stuff that happens and that's why that's why i think it fails is that it's a bunch of scenes and things that are inserted together to happen that are comical for sure and have funny parts but i don't think it's i don't think it's anywhere near i any put this one. above mall rats why? uh I, it, it it was still enjoyable to me in some moments i don't think i think overall like i don't think i liked the movie now that i now that i'm thinking about it more and more i think it was uh again sort of that product that product of its time i i think it's funny 
in a lot of parts because of the other movies that came before it. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just have it. I, I didn't really like Mallrats at all. And I kind of enjoyed this one a little bit more than that. I'm kind of I'm kind of with Andy on this where I, uh, Greg, I, I agree like this movie should be kind of dead last. But I for whatever reason, I found it way more enjoyable than Walt, uh, Mallrats. I think maybe because it's a more contemporary movie, uh, maybe because those I think the Jane Silent Bob characters are just a lot more likable than uh, Brody and uh, whatever the yes. other character T.S. Um, granted, not, none of them have character arcs necessarily. But to Tim's earlier point, that's not really what this movie is about. This movie is about kind of like sheer shenanigans and being more cartoony. And aside from some of the humor for me that did hit there is a lot of humor in this that did hit um will ferrell's humor hit for me tracy morgan's cameo is fucking dynamite was i don't know what the fuck yeah. you just said little man but you move me <laughs> like that shit kills me um and you know for every joke that i feel like was in poor taste there was another one right around the corner that i thought was fucking hilarious um but just overall i was kind of just not as enthralled watching this movie as i was a clerks or a, one of his other movies that you know, had a little bit more to say and a little bit more heart to it. So I put it, I'd put it at right above Mallrats. Okay. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, it's dead last, uh, but it, it, it's just because one of those things, like I feel like this movie is made for a younger audience that like, I guess I've aged out of, or like I've learned like to, to expect, to want more from my movies where this is just a bunch of fart jokes and, and dick jokes. And, uh, you know, it, it like I think seeing this movie once every 10 years, it's funny because I, I watched it when uh, Reboot came out. We actually watched it in theaters back to back. And uh, like I was shocked at how like how much I enjoyed it. We're rewatching it now a couple months later. It is one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm focusing real hard on yeah. this. And like, yeah, I, I do prefer to watch all the other movies more, though. Yeah, for me, given given our list currently, I say this is number one just because I, I think it's way better than Dogma. But I would put personally Chasing Amy above it. But with where we're at with this, I just feel like this movie, like like I said earlier, it just kind of succeeded at what it was trying to do, which is fan service. And I think that getting everyone linked together and having all of the references in this and all of the cameos and celebrating nerddom as a whole, I feel like that was the goal and they nailed it and the action scenes made sense and the jokes made sense in the world that they built. I don't love the world that they built, but I guess I'm not a Kevin Smith fan. <laughs> like that's kind of what this comes down to. Like this does feel like the Avengers if I didn't care about Marvel. Um, but see, but that's I, what's so weird about it. I think, well, I guess I can't cause Kevin likes it. Right. Where, where did you rank it? Kev? Sorry. I was saying dead last. You know, see that, that's the thing about it where I think I totally get what you're saying, Sam, but you're talking about like from a, a fan, you know, from a fandom point of view or Avengers, if you didn't like it, Marvel, like Kevin and I love this shit. And I think like, it just doesn't work that way for us because I think again, and, and I'm, obviously it's my opinion and I'm not gonna speak for Kevin, but like, or any other Kevin Smith fan, it's the idea that like, what I love about Kevin Smith is the conversations and the relationships and have like, I like it when they drone on and have a conversation on a table, not when they're doing this weird dick and fart joke and trying to get in all these cameos and trying to do all this stuff that makes it feel not like a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, I guess to me, it's more like watching these all back to back, especially for pretty much the first time. Those yeah. conversations felt dated. And like, I, if they were like great, I would love them. But I just feel like contemporary wise, we've seen so that done so much better that it's like that stuff just doesn't hold up to me. And watching this, it's like what I loved. I, I, I got more joy from seeing um, Jason Lee play multiple characters in this movie based on what I just watched the last couple of weeks than seeing those movies themselves. It's like all the bits where it comes together. I'm like, okay, cool. This is what the viewers universe is like was leading to. 
And like, that's just, it sucks because it is coming from a different place. I'm not saying that this is the, that the fans are going to put it number one. It's just like somebody watching them all together that doesn't have a soft spot in my heart for any of them. It's like, at least this one pulled them together. Oof, I don't know. Now it's time to vote. Who thinks that it's better than mall rats? Raise your hand. Uh, we have Andy and Nick. So that means I mean, how you like this movie. Hold on, I'm confused. Yes, I do. Yeah, so, <laughs> I always get thrown off with it when I don't have the visual in front of me of having the things that really, it's, right. for some reason, confusing. God okay, damn so, it, Nick. Fuck you. I was hoping we we're going to slide that by. I mean, I have yeah, I it himself, and then it would have been where I wanted it. Uh, who thinks it's better than Clerks? Raise your hand. Oh, no. I'm the only one raising hand. Okay, so the rankings so far are number one, Dogma. Number two, Chasing Amy. Number three, Clerks. Number four, Mallrats. And number five, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. This Friday, we will start Lord of the Rings in review with the Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition. That's very exciting stuff. And then uh, next Tuesday, we are following up with Clerks right. 2. Tim, did, you fucked up the order again. You put Jane some uh, <laughs> last, uh, which I'm totally for. I'm 100% Rules have been, been stated on the show. <laughs> Let it forever be stated in the show. Thank you. Thank you. This is another great You're victory, correct. just like Batman versus Superman. <laughs> I'll never be as victory as sweet as that, except the Snyder Cut. Am I right, Andy? Fuck you. No, you're not. <laughs> Till next week. Bombs. Nugans.